0: All right, everyone, welcome to the February 13th, 2023 meeting of the African American Reparations Advisory Committee. I am Vice Chair Tanish Hollins. I want to begin by thanking our African American Mm -hmm. Reparations Advisory Committee staff, John McKnight, Amelia Martinez Bankhead, Angelique Mann, and Anjanette Coates, for providing technical assistance with today's meeting. Um, We'll start with Secretary Monkey Meyer. Do we have any announcements?
1: Thank you, Vice Chair Hollins. Uh, This evening's meeting is being held remotely. Public comment will be available on each item on this agenda. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to speak. Anyone calling in, please mute your phone until asked to speak. You may use the raise hand icon to indicate you would like to participate in public comment.
0: Thank you, Secretary Mokie Meyer. Next, can you please call the next item?
1: Item number one is call to order and committee roll call. I will announce committee members' names, and they will announce that they are present. James Lance Taylor, Tanish Hollins present, Eric McDonald, Reverend Dr. Amos Brown. I see Reverend Dr. Amos Brown. One
2: more time.
3: And Present. Present.
4: I think Kathy is frozen. John or Amelia.
3: Thank you. We. I can see that from here as well.
4: Are you able to proceed with taking roll call, John, in the meantime?
3: I am switching to the script. If you would give me one moment, there we go. I am. Um... Thank you. If I have... if yes, sir. Reverend Brown, thank you, sir. Omorede um... Rico Hamilton. Nicole Cunningham, if present, please just say aye. Please say aye. Gloria Barry, Member Barry.
5: Aye.
6: Aye.
3: Thank you, Member Barry. Member Landry. Present. Aye. Thank you, Member Carter. Aye. Member, Gwendolyn Brown. Aye. Member Ekonom. Aye. Member Williams. Aye. Member O'Kane. Member Irving. Present. Chair, we have quorum.
0: Thank you so much. Uh, We will proceed to the next item on the agenda. Are you able to call that?
3: Thank you. item two, land and ancestral acknowledgement. Uh, if chair would please, vice chair, please select someone to read the ancestral acknowledgement and then we'll proceed to the land acknowledgement. They'll be on your screen right now.
0: Thank you. Do we have a volunteer for someone to read the ancestral acknowledgement? I'll go ahead and read it, um, Vice
7: Chair Hollins. We honor the gifts, resilience, and sacrifices of our Black ancestors, particularly those who toiled the land and built the institutions that established this city's wealth and freedom, despite never being compensated nor fully realizing their own sovereignty. We acknowledge this exploitation of not only labor, but of our humanity. And through this process, we are working to repair some of the harms done by public and private actors. Because of their work, we are here, and we will invest in the descendants of their legacy.
0: Thank you, member Irving. And now can we have a volunteer for someone to read the land acknowledgement. Stair committee volunteer. If not, I will volunteer someone.
8: <laughs> I'll go ahead and read it. Thank you. Those member. Comments. Irving. Romiter <laughs> Saloni land acknowledgement. We acknowledge that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Romiter Saloni. Who are the original inhabitants of the san francisco peninsula as the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions barometric alone. lonely have never ceded lost nor forgotten the responsibilities as the caretakers of this place as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory as guests we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland we wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors elders and relatives of the Roman Jewish community, and by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples.
0: Thank you, Member Ekenim. I believe uh, Madam Secretary is back.
1: I am back. Sorry, everyone. I had a
0: power outage for a
1: minute or two, and I just had to wait for um, my Wi Fi router to log and uh, to um, reboot. So, do you want to me to continue with the roll call?
0: roll call has been completed i believe we have quorum Uh, we are now at the resolution great thank you
1: okay now item number three is the resolution to allow teleconference meetings under california government code section 54953 e this is an action item Uh, the committee will discuss and possibly adopt a resolution setting forth findings necessary to authorize the committee to hold meetings remotely under the modified Brown Act provisions in Assembly Bill 361. In accordance with the 45th mayoral directive of Mayor Breed, this resolution allows the African-American Reparations Advisory Committee to convene remote meetings, allowing members to attend meetings remotely and allowing advisory committee to accept public comment remotely. These findings must be renewed every 30 days.
0: Thank you, Madam Secretary. Um, just also want to.
9: Chair, adoption.
0: I'm sorry, sorry, Reverend Brown. I the adoption. Reverend. Okay, thank you. Uh, before we do that, sir, we're going to have public comment. Um, and just want to acknowledge that Member Hamilton uh, and Member Cunningham have also joined us for the record. Uh, so before we move to the motion, uh, we will have public comment. Uh, just want to remind the public that public comment will be limited to three minutes, please raise your hand icon if you would like to speak and also a reminder that this public comment is. On uh, item number three which Secretary Moki Meyer just read off uh, regarding the resolution to allow teleconference meetings um, so on that item, if there are any members of the public that like to comment, please raise your hand now.
1: I would like to call Reverend Tony Pierce. Can you unmute yourself?
10: Thank you so much. I really appreciate all the good work you're doing. I'm in support of what you're doing. I sent an email in writing there. And uh, I'm a civil rights leader I've known throughout the nation, especially in California. And uh, I know some of the people on your committee. I'm well known there. I used to live in the San Francisco area. We have offices in the San Francisco area. I'm the CEO. I'm the CEO of Black Wall Street Project. We're global. And we have offices in San Francisco. Go ahead.
1: Thank you, um, Reverend Pierce. Um, This is public comment on item on um, our ability to hold remote meetings. But we'll have general public comment on
10: Well, I'm in
3: favor. Thank you. I think we have lost our secretary, vice chair. I'm standing by to assist.
0: Thank you, John, appreciate it. Thank you, uh, Reverend Pierce for your comments. Do we have any other members of the public for public comment on on item number three?
3: For item number three, and to all those members of the public, please understand we will accept comment on the move to keep meetings teleconference. We will go to general public comment later. If your comments are appropriate, we'll continue to let you take the three minutes. So right now I'd like to call upon Ronald Carter. Mr. Carter, sir. Mr. Carter, I'm not that you're able to unmute. I'm going to move on to the next person and that will be Stanley Scott. Stanley Scott, please.
11: I, I support the motion to hold the meetings uh, via Zoom and public comment remotely. Uh, granted that first and last names are presented if any votes come up that's all i have thank you
2: thank you mr scott
3: next is cheryl thornton
12: hi um
13: so i would like to support that the meetings stay remote um, due to the fact that um, they're more accessible um i know that the Board of Supervisors, it's gonna be coming up soon um, to change, I guess, the Brown Act so that we can continue to um, have many of these meetings remote. So I think that going forward, if the reparations committee could help advocate to make the change and also to participate in the public hearing, that's gonna be coming up around uh, remote meetings in general. So thank you.
3: Thank you, Cheryl. Next is Kenneth Johnson.
11: Uh, Hello, everybody. I'm in support of the, uh, letting everybody tune in. I mean, uh, the remote meet for people that's, that's outside to tune in like myself because this gives everybody an opportunity to have something to do with what you're talking about instead of it being closed to only the committee members. So thank you for pushing to have everybody involved. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Mr. Johnson. Uh, Next up is JB.
14: Hi, uh, my name is actually Jonathan Bohannon, sorry for the initials on Zoom. Um, I am in support of keeping the meeting uh, public as well as if we do have a meeting in person that the public will be able to view and also comment on the meeting the same way they are here. Um, Also, I'd like to point out that uh, the link in the chat as I'm clicking it to see the agenda, I'm not able to follow that link. Maybe if someone could please repost the link where all the letters or numbers are together so that it'll be clickable. I'd appreciate it. Uh, Thank you very much.
3: Thank you for noticing that, Jay. Um, Sorry, I didn't catch your name, JB. I will uh, put up the link once again, once we are um, done with this session. Thank you for notifying us of that. Uh, Next up, Melody Downey. Melody, are you able to unmute yourself? All right, let's move on to Daryl Crompton. Daryl?
15: Yes, um, good evening everyone. Uh, Daryl Crompton, I'm an attorney and I support um, the ability to Zoom and teleconference the meetings, but I would like to make note that there are hundreds and thousands of people who don't have access to computers, hundreds and thousands of low-income and homeless people who don't have access to computers. And so I'd like to recommend that the agenda, minutes, and notes from these public meetings be transcribed and given to, or shared with public libraries in San Francisco and around the state, so that if people don't have access on the internet to these meetings, at least they'll be able to go to a public library and read the hard copy. Thank you.
3: Thank you. Next is Larry Martin.
16: Uh, right. yes. Uh, yes, good evening. Good evening, everyone. Um, I, I too, support uh, the teleconference and having the meetings remotely because it's it's very important to be transparent, you know, because that's how a lot of us can get the information, you know what I'm saying? And, and um, I also uh, support and endorse uh, having the information circulated in, in uh any other form to the black community neighborhoods. So I I I'm I'm for uh remote and um uh, transparency. I think that's very important because that's gonna give can y'all hear me? Yes, sir, we can. That's gonna give uh people, black especially black people, opportunity to get the information, because a lot of us don't have the information. You know, so I want to thank you all for uh, having this uh, conference remotely and transparent to the community, especially the black community. Thank you. Thank you, sir.
3: Uh, Next, I want to call on if Reverend Tony, Reverend Pierce, did we, we're we're waiting for you uh, for the next piece, right, sir? Um, I'm going to call on Charles, and forgive me if I get the name wrong, Jolivet. Charles Jolivet, please. Uh, If you're unable to mute yourself, we will come back to you next. Let me call on Linda Martley-Jordan. Okay, am I unmuted?
13: Yes, you are. Thank you very much. Um, I just wanted to say I am in favor of keeping the hybrid model Um, such as the teleconferencing right now. And in addition to when we do go back in person, if we can still keep that, um, those who cannot come out and be a part of an in-person meeting will still have access to get the information, to have an opportunity to make a comment. Um, So I think we should keep it, but I think we should also think about when we go back in person, how we still maintain it. So I vote to keep it.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Next, I'm calling on Arianne Harrison.
17: Arianne Harrison. Hi. Um, I just wanted to mimic everything that everybody else said. I agree that you keep it on, keep it online because the information is easy, easily accessible, especially for people that might have children and can't go to central locations and might not have the travel. Um, but I would also like to suggest that maybe once every two months, maybe having a community meeting where everyone gets together if that's making any sense. but um, it wouldn't make sense to me to do so for people that can't that want to show up in person and actually be more engaged with you guys on a personal personal
3: note, you know. And that's it. Thank you. Thank you for your comment. Next, I'd like to call on Daryl Crompton.
15: I've already given my comments. Thank
3: Thank you, Daryl, thank you. you. Uh, Next, I'd like to actually, Charles, How are you able to unmute yourself? I don't seem to be able to get, Charles, I have, Texas, if you're having, well, I hope we can get your comment, sir. Um, Melody, I believe we have heard from you, is that correct? No, you haven't. Okay, oh, sorry, thank you then. Well then, Melody, the floor is yours.
18: Oh, Thank you, uh, good evening, everyone. I uh, would like to see the continuance of Zoom and online being that, Many of the African-Americans have had to move out of the city because of affordable housing to Stockton, Fairfield, all Richmond, Oakland, all these different places, although they still work in the city, have family in the city. I think it's easier for them um, without having to commute to attend and have their input and hear the updates of the committee. So it is, in my opinion, that we should continue with um, the accessibility of Zoom or teams. And I do agree with the previous speaker to um, maybe have a quarterly a listening session or a quarterly um, coming, you know, in person. That's my comment. Thank you.
3: Thank you. Next I will call on Ronald Carter. Mr. Ronald Carter, are you able to unmute? Then let me move on to Odell Johnson. Odell Johnson, please. Yes,
19: hi. My name is uh Odell Johnson. I am uh, a a former resident of uh Bayview Hunters Point and uh I worked in uh, the in the area while I was there uh and, well so I think this is more for a public comment. So I would well, I just have a question really how do I become I would like to become a a a, 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 commi- a committee member um, based on um, the, I think the value I can bring to to this, the discussion. So I, I can maybe talk, expand on that more uh, during the public comment time.
3: Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Johnson, for the comment. I'll let the chair handle that. Chair, I see no other members of the public with their hands raised to make public comment.
0: Thank you so much, John. Um, Seeing that there are no other members of the public for public comment, we will go ahead and close public comment here. And now we will ask if there are any members of the committee um, who have any comment on this or questions about this item before we take a vote. See, Member Barry's hand. Thank
6: you, Chair Hollins. Um, I'm hearing that all committees as of next month will be meeting in person, so maybe you'll be addressing that during your report. I'm not sure, but that's what I am hearing. And then if that is so, I would like to know if we'll still be using Zoom or switch over to government WebEx, which is what's used at City Hall, and how will we get that information out to the public that they can come in or call in remotely thank you member Barry yes it'll we'll be
0: discussing the next item member Cunningham
20: Thank you. I just wanted to um, put my two cents in to say um uh, I think we should keep the zoom at least until we until June especially since there has been some negative uh comments toward us, and I want to make sure that the committee members are safe as well as um folks that are coming in to support us so i think for us to um at least finish out our part of the agenda to be remote and then we can decide what we want to do maybe in july thanks
0: thank you member cunningham member landry
21: so i believe that uh, i will be supporting uh, eventually i understand um and, uh, our community Numberland, members who are breaking need up. Okay, oh, me. Can You, hear me?
0: You're, you have a. You're a you're,
21: uh, okay. Uh, I'll I, I just try it. I'm just calling on my phone. I don't see my. I can't even hear you actually.
0: I only got a portion of that. It sounds like you're going to dial in. uh, But thank you for that. Want you to lose access here. Any other members of the committee uh, with a question or comment on this item before we take a vote? All right. Seeing none. uh, Sorry. I'm a little confused here.
6: I think Reverend Brown had the motion on the floor.
0: Thank you. Reverend Brown will entertain that motion again. Is there a second? I second it. Thank you. All members of the committee in favor, please say aye. 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 Thank you. Any Any abstains, abstinations? All right, thank you, Secretary uh, Moki Meyer. It looks like we have uh, passed this committee. We can ent- entertain the next item on the agenda.
1: Thank you. Thank you all. Sorry about my um, PGE difficulties. Item number four is general public comment. This is a discussion item. Members of the public may address the committee on matters that are within the committee's jurisdiction and are not on
0: today's agenda. Thank you so much. Uh, Again, public comment will be three minutes. Please raise your hand icon if you uh, would like to provide a comment and secretaries will call you forth.
1: I'd like to welcome JB. Can you unmute yourself?
14: Uh, Yes, I can. Um, Thank you. I I wanted to talk about the the plan. Is this the part where I talk about my views on the plan or do i wait for another section just to be clear
1: do you wait until item number 6
14: please okay i will i will lower my hand and wait until item number 6
1: thank you um now i would like to call odell johnson can welcome well,
19: well, you. so my, so i had a question about what is it what is are the requirements uh, how do you become a member of the committee
1: Um, So the way, oh, I'm sorry, this is public comment, and I'm not supposed to go back and forth and respond, but I will put some information in the chat for everyone, and um, you can use that information to link to the San Francisco Board of Supervisors website. Um, now, Now I would like to welcome Doug Parrish.
2: Hi.
22: Hi, how are you guys? How's everyone? Hopefully everyone's having a good Black History Month. Uh, thank you for allowing me to speak tonight. I was trying to reach out on the basis of the affordable housing that has taken place in San Francisco and the Bay Area. It appears that there was a, a policy subcommittee meeting Friday of last week and I'm not sure if that took place or not I tried to attend that meeting um, and uh, on the agenda was uh black contractors and developers okay so that's why I was trying to chime in because I think it's critical that uh, the committee hears from a black contractor we are one of two Uh, electrical contractor, black African-American owned uh, electrical contractors in San Francisco. What we need to do is start to take accountability for the construction projects that are going on within city and county of San Francisco. If we are going into this blindly, we will be left out. And someone had touched on affordable housing uh, earlier in the conversation. The reason why Black folks are moving out of San Francisco is that they don't have jobs and they don't have contracts. We all know it's the obvious big elephant in the room. The way that we tackle that and eat that elephant in the room is one bite at a time, one contract at a time, one job at a time. But we got to be, we got to hold the general contractors and the owners, hold their feet to the fire. We can't be passive about it. We got to be like Charlie Walker was and and Dr. Brown back in the day just getting out there and blocking the entrance to these facilities because if we don't do something and we're not vocal, they're just going to give the jobs and the contracts to the same old people that have gotten them traditionally. Black contractors need a voice. Organizations like yours, I commend you. I want you to understand that there needs to be a report card of participation for black and uh, to to get an idea of what black minority women-owned businesses are doing on each of these multi-million-dollar projects. And oh, by the way, uh, UCSF, which I chair the procurement committee, has a four-billion-dollar project that nobody in the black community is talking about. And if we don't talk about it, they're gonna they're gonna basically have that project. is going to be up and running and it's going to be gone. And we're not going to have anything to do about it. We got to be on the front end to advocate for small minority women-owned businesses to participate on multi-billion dollar projects in San Francisco. So I just wanted to throw that out there and I appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity to share that.
1: Thank you. Um, now I would like to welcome Doug Parrish.
22: That, that's me, I just talked. thank you.
1: Sorry about that, thanks. We gotta lower your hand. Um, I would like to welcome Daryl Crompton.
15: Uh, hello again, I've got uh, four questions that I uh, emailed earlier to Dream Keepers and I hope that these four questions are made part of the formal record. Um, question number one is, Why isn't there a one-page executive summary section for the draft report? Uh, Question number two, is payment of college tuition considered reparations for those who qualify? Question number three, will the state appoint a black intermediary bank or financial institution for example, Broadway Federal in Los Angeles to manage and distribute the reparations. And the last question is, how will the state prevent fraud and abuse in the reparations program? Thank you. Uh,
1: thank you. I just wanna remind everybody that this is public comment on items that are not on the agenda. We will be discussing Later on this evening on item number six, um, additional recommendations for eligibility and additional recommendations to include in the draft report. I would like to welcome, I'm sorry if I mispronounce your name, Libba. Okay, Libba
12: disappeared.
1: Now I'd like to welcome Dr. Fortson and can we reset um, the clock, please?
23: Good evening, everyone. Can you hear me?
1: Yes, thank you.
23: Okay, well, good evening, everyone. My name is Dr. Daryl Fortson. I'm a family physician in Las Vegas, Nevada, but I also serve as the Executive Director of Assert Incorporated, AASRT. You can find us at T-H-E aasrt.org that's theassert.org uh i'm uh, we're based locally out, based out of las vegas nevada not in california but uh, our organization is made up of men and women across the nation who are committed to an investment in justice through reparations our goal is to over one over a 100 year period in the racial net worth gap, which we calculate stands at around $13.2 trillion over the next 100 year period. And we wish to do this through a voluntary uh, collection and management of funds through a reparations paradigm. Again, our uh, motto is an, an investment in justice. And I want to congratulate the city of San Francisco and all the board members on their efforts to bring reparations to reality. I want to make everyone aware that we are having a an event, a fundraising event here in Las Vegas at the Sahara um, Sahara Hotel and, uh, the Sahara Las Vegas Hotel and Casino on February 28th, Friday, excuse me, fr- uh, Friday, April 28th and Saturday, April 29th of this year called the HBCU Homecoming West event. Uh, this is an HBCU uh, historically Black college university-style homecoming set uh, in Las Vegas. It's kind of like a homecoming without the football game. But uh, in addition to people getting together for food, fun, and fraternity life, we're also going to be having a series of speakers on important issues regarding financial imp- empowerment, financial Literacy and reparation, re- reparative uh, justice. Our speakers are going to include um, Mr. W. Kelvin Walker, who's Dallas Citizens Council head, uh, CEO of that organization. Also, we're going to be having Father Tim Kosicki, who is a um, who is the recent, most recent head of the uh, Jesuit Conference of the United States and Canada. And uh, another man who uh, is going who is one of the minority owners of the Houston Astros. Uh, Sean uh, Taylor is his name. So I would encourage all of you to attend the event. If you can make it over here, you can find out more about the event at www.hbcuhomecomingwest.com. That's HBCuhomecomingwest.com. Thank you for your time and attention to the important matter of reparations.
1: Thank you, Dr. Fortson. Now I'd like to welcome Larry Martin.
16: Uh, thank you. Thank you, Kathy. Um, my, my question is, is pertaining to the requirements and qualifications for uh, reparations for Blacks that live in San Francisco. Um, I'm sure there's, there's a lot of Black men and women that might fall in my category, because when I first moved here to San Francisco, it was maybe a year or two before uh, former President Obama got elected in office. And I remember that, VI Los Angeles. So my question is, um, by me having 15 plus years of residency here in in San Francisco, and by the way, This year, I'll be be clean from crack cocaine for 11 years because I got strung out on drugs here, but I was able to get myself clean with the help of Glide Memorial Church. You see what I'm saying? So I'm very grateful for this city. You know what I'm saying? But my question is, I'm sure that there's, there's other Black men and women that fall in my category as far as meeting the requirements and qualifications for this reparation. So those are the questions that I have. So uh, thank you for letting me share.
3: Thank you, Mr. Martin. Uh, Next we'll call on Kenneth Johnson. Mr. Johnson, are you able to unmute yourself? Thank you,
11: sir. i Yeah, I'd like to, I think it's critical that the reparations committee suggest that uh, we immediately uh, uh, put funds into the Fillmore Heritage Center to have the building brung up the code while uh, we're deciding on this and that about the building because the building needs some tender love and care and, 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 uh, You know, the community needs to see some action on the building. And, you know, this could be taken from the reparations funds whenever they do come out. And we need to deal with things now because if you notice, they got all these people coming over the border. Now they got, they shooting down things in the sky. You know, ain't no telling what they are going to do. So all this planning and stuff is real good. It's wonderful. But we need some action now. We need, you know, because this could be a training program to train people how to how to do the different things inside the Female Heritage Center. And then when that's finished, when they finish, they have a skill. We still need to train our youth and people who don't have no skills. Give them some skills. And that building will provide a lot of training for a lot of different skills to bring the building up to date. So I think I think it's critical that the committee needs to stop planning way off and start doing things now, because tomorrow's not promised to nobody. You know, so please, you know, get something done now, so the community can 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 feel can feel like you're doing something. You know, it's you we appreciate you you guys doing what you're doing. But but you set on that uh, you you're set on everything is going to work tomorrow, to so next month, and 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 that's that's not the the building needs to be repaired. You can put you can uh, you start a training program. I'm talking with some of the unions and stuff, and they have apprenticeship programs that we can get young young people that's interested in doing that type of work. Put them in there and let them work on the building and get it together. So when we when, when, when things do happen, the building is ready, you know? Anyway, that's, that's my comment. And I, I hope you understand what I'm saying.
3: Thank you, Mr. Johnson. Next I call on Virginia Marshall.
5: Uh, good evening um, to the chair and the committee. I have a lot to say, but today I'm just going to commend each of you for your steadfastness on behalf of the African-American community in San Francisco. I look forward to the implement, implementation of the reparations, Uh, uh to, to the implementation. I hope I, and God will bless me to see that. Hope it doesn't take too long. And I always say, I know other reparations can work I shared this before, that my daughter of a farmer in West Tennessee because of the steadfastness, the steadfastness of one young farmer who refused to let the white folks uh, uh, stop him from uh, doing what was right for our community. My father got it, but he didn't live to see it, but we benefited from it. So that the reparations can help the next generation stay in San Francisco, because that's what we want. Because how many of our young people that you, each of you know can't afford to have, buy a million dollar plus home, a two million dollar home in San Francisco. So our young people need housing; they need so much. And I think this will be a way to go about it to help uh, to help our community. And of course, you know we need a center uh, like the Fillmore Heritage Center. That we need so many things, and so I'm looking forward to the report being on uh, too to the implementation of this report. And again, thank you all. And again, thanks for looking at when we have the in-person, be sure to look for places where we can be safe because a lot of folks don't believe that we should have anything. Thank you so much. Have a good evening.
3: Thank you, Virginia. I'm calling next on Leba.
24: Hi, um, I'm Libra Shepherd. Thank you so much to the committee. Truly appreciate you and everyone that's on this meeting. Um, In terms of the um, recommendations and things for the reparations, um, I I don't know if I stand alone, Um, but it's just not clear to me. We were to pick, we had to have at least two of them off the list or... More than that, and um, also if there can be some type of um, conversation around sharecrapper and how we can prove these things. um, I'm just not sure, and I'm hoping that there will be more conversation um, about their recommendations um, in terms of that list and you know how many we had to um, pick and. ways in which we can um, prove different different things on on that list Um, thank you and just um really hoping for clarity thank you thank
0: Thank you you. Uh, before the secretary calls another hand for public comment i just want to remind the members of the public that we will be discussing on the report in item 6 So if you have comments on eligibility, recommendations, things that should be in there, questions about uh, the report, please hold that till item six. Um, We'll get through this item and then we will move on uh, to the next agenda item, which is uh, the chair report. So I'll hand it back over to uh, John and and Secretary Muclemire.
3: Thank you, Vice Chair Hollins. Next, I will call on LaDonna Williams.
25: Yes, good evening, LaDonna Williams. Um, I just wanted to say, um, we compliment the work that that you all have been doing um, on this issue. We understand it's a very difficult issue to get the public and those powers that be to sign on. However, I want to communicate how disappointed I was in the presentation that the San Francisco Human Rights Commission did for the California Task Force, those two uh, day meetings, the Human Rights Commission staff presented what their supposed findings were around this $5 million and the public asking for action to be taken now. And the way it was presented, number one, is that that $5 million was not stated on that PowerPoint presentation that they did. They left the amount off and then it was up to staff to communicate from their point of view what they felt the public was asking for. And both staff members said in different ways though, well, the public isn't necessarily just only focused on the payments, which is wrong. We absolutely are, we unapologetically are requesting this $5 million. And then the other staff, when it got to the point of mentioning in detail what payments we were asking for, it was stated in a very apologetic tone, well, this $5 million is only a proposed amount and it's not written in stone. We understand there are many folks that do not want Black folks who are entitled to actually more than this $5 million, But we as the public and those of us that are entitled to it have come up with this amount and we didn't just grab it out the sky. We came up with an amount that we know is workable to start somewhere and to start anything under five million dollars is a continuing injustice to black folks that is entitled to this money. We have made it very clear that we want action now. We're watching every other non-black fabricated, disadvantaged population come up and get funding under their perceived harm. And it has been accepted and they have not had to jump through these hoops the way that black folks are expected to jump through these hoops. And I respectfully asked staff If you are not going to advocate and and go hard for us, then go home or step back. But we need folks that are unapologetically about getting this done and not uh, having this apologetic tone in what we should be demanding.
3: Thank you, Adonna Williams. Next, I will call on Stanley Scott.
11: Yes, Stanley Scott, good evening, everybody. I have a very general question and it's, what is the jurisdiction of the advisory committee? That's all. Thank you. Next,
3: I will call on Alicia Mayo.
12: Hello, thank you to the advisory committee for your continued work. I know it's a lot, but when I, I see you in public, and I have a question about what's going on, I need you to answer me, President McDonald. I know you are busy and y'all all all are busy, but if we have a question about clarification or whatever, and we see you in public, come on now, treat us like we're family because we are, and I've been supporting this and being as, as active as I can be without being on the committee myself. Uh, Because I wasn't approved, I did apply for it. Nevertheless, all I'm saying is, like, we can't, like, put our heads down. We can't go bury our heads in the sand. We can't stop now. We can't say, you know, we're tired now. Because it is getting real tricky these days with attacks from the media, with attacks from people. But please, cannot give up on each other at this point. About the report and the qualifications and all of that, people who are still asking about qualifications, download the report, read the report, understand what the report is saying, so you're clear on where we're starting. If you have any additions to the report, it's too late, okay? You should have been here a long time ago. So just read the report and stop wasting time asking about whether or not you qualify when you don't qualify half the time i'm just keeping it real i'm sorry i'm real upset about the attacks against uh former president walton and all the stuff all the stuff it's it's a long hard process we all who have been involved are committed to it we are trying to educate as we go but we need the rest of y'all to understand and do some work too and stop trying to show up to just hop on board and get any kind of pay you can get. And also, I don't wanna hear any more from the public about how you are upset about um, uh, the way we apologize for asking for, for however we deliver the message for reparations is we're delivering the message. It's not time to attack each other. Okay, we need to stop that because I'm seeing it more and more as we get closer and closer to the day of payment. We are attacking each other and fighting each other over the whatever we think we can get. Be clear, there are some qualifications you need to meet. You need to also do the work of sharing the information. You need to show up to the Super, Board of Supervisors in March you need to do the work of making sure that all of this happens. That's all I have to say. Good
3: night. Thank y'all. Thank you. Next, I will call on Melody Downey. Thank you
18: so much for having me back. Um, Dr. Melody Huff, uh, Executive Director for Change SF, Community Housing Agency in San Francisco. And um, I did want to just say I agree with most of the callers especially about the black developers and um, uncf we would like to get some more information about that as well as from reverend amos brown amos brown for the cultural center um, the heritage center update um, also you know a lot of organizations black organizations are pulling from the same pot in san francisco um, to see a lot of programming like the gentleman spoke of in the heritage center it would be good if we could unify and come together to help these nonprofits and small organizations to see this kind of programming, um, this kind of programming happen and the updating of the Heritage Center or the black development developers in San Francisco. Um, We are having an event February 19th at the Dog Patch, the Black History Brunch. We're honoring Sophie Maxwell and Charlie Walker. We'd love for everyone to come. Um, We would like to get some updates though for the Heritage Center in Fillmore, and um, please help us as far as the small businesses um, and the small nonprofits in the city so that we're not pulling from the same pot so that we can help our youth and we can help our seniors and we can help the people that are still there. Um, It seems like the the gentleman, another gentleman said the money is just going to the same people and we know who they are and um, they get the millions of dollars and we're not getting any. And we have the legwork. We have the people. We have talented, skilled individuals in the city of San Francisco that are not being utilized. We have storefronts. We have buildings that are being underutilized. The doors are not opening and um, we need to just we, we need to do better. So um, those are my comments. Thank you very much.
3: Thank you. Next, I will call on Cheryl Thornton.
13: Okay, good evening, um, reparations committee. What I wanted to um, add to the public comment is I wanted to talk about the black developers and what people have been calling in to say, we do need um, developers, black developers in San Francisco, um, there's a lot of money that's a very lucrative um, oh gosh, uh, field. But um, I also wanna add that um, we need to have um, investment in the Third Street Corridor before it's sold and gone. There's a lot of the development that is going to come out in District 10. I saw that after we finished redistricting They actually have a map, the planning commission of how district 10 is gonna look in 10 years and it looks quite different than what it looks today. And so I think that we need to secure some of the buildings that are there on the third street corridor for black um, owned businesses so that we are still here in San Francisco and present. Um, And I also wanna add one last thing that um, this work um, should be used to go towards federal reparations because when you reach back and pull up, when we pull up the masses, we will all ascend. And so we need to continue to fight for state, but also advocate for federal reparations.
3: All right. Thank you. Thank you. Next, I will call on Lonnie Mason.
2: good evening good evening everyone
26: uh i got a couple of um, comments to make um if we don't know the person when we come on here and make public comments about someone making an opinion i mean keep your opinion to yourself i'm not going to be unapologetic either when it comes to the five million and if the people here are not ready to back that up just like miss williams said. They shouldn't be in this position. Now, for this young lady to come on here and say uh, someone was being hostile or attacking, nobody was attacking. They gave their viewpoint. And you talking about someone attacking Jamal Walton, he brought that on himself. That's his problem. If he didn't go off on that cadet like he did in City Hall, he wouldn't be in the situation he is in now. That's his problem. He should have kept his mouth shut. I'm from Hunters Point, born on Navy Road. My whole family just about is from Hunters Point. And this reparation is due. Everybody deserves this uh, reparation. I don't like when people come in here and give their viewpoint. What's her name? Alicia, I believe. Keep your viewpoints to yourself. Keep your viewpoints to yourself. Come on here, give your opinion about what you believe and what you think about what you want to do with this reparation and what what kind of input you can provide. But other than that, keep your opinions of whatever. Keep your opinions about other people to yourself. My my comment I would like to say is when it comes to the reparation, I know it was a lot, you know, that was said in those meetings and a lot of things I didn't like but I'm not going to get into that but everybody is wondering about how to get paid my thing is is this the lottery has options there should be three options on how people should be able to receive their money at least two to three options one could be a cash payment the other two can be whatever anybody else think but I believe one should be cash payment but please folks just, you know, state, come on here talking about somebody else. Talk about your own problems and issues, What you would like for this committee to do when it comes to reparation. Everybody has their viewpoint. And I, on top of that, yes, the five million. Based on what my family died and everything because of this nuclear waste, I can tell you, how. I don't know how many family members I can tell you about who died. Because of this. but anyway, I all I wanted to say, please keep your you know comments to yourself.
0: Secretary Mookie Meyer or uh, John, do we have any other members of the public waiting for public comment?
1: I see
27: Donica Carlos. Hi, it's Donisha. (laughs) Um, I just wanted to say that, um, and I wasn't going to comment, but things from where I'm sitting uh, have gotten a little heated this evening. And I just would like for Black people to remember that... While this is a very um, intense and um, sometimes heated uh, discussion that we need to be thinking about Black joy at the end of the day. We need to be thinking about Black love with one another. We can differ on how we get to where we're going Um But I feel like the intensity level, particularly this evening, uh, has been really high. Um, I want to say, first and foremost, thank you to the committee for your work. Um, It doesn't matter if I agree with 100% or 50% or what have you. I appreciate the fact that you give your time. Um, I'd also like to say thank you to the Human Rights Commission. for the work that they are doing. Again, we don't have to always agree, Um, but I think that we need to have a level of decency and respect to one another, even in our disagreements, even if I am not liking, feeling um, what you're saying, how you're moving, um, I can do that with respect. And again, at the end of the day, I think that we keep in mind that um, as Black people, we have been through a lot. We continue to go through a lot, uh, but we can't ever lose sight of the Black love we have for each other and our Black joy. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Donisha, and my apologies for mispronouncing your name. Um, Thank you for your comments. Now I'd like to welcome Angela A.
28: Hi there everyone, thank you very much. Um, I wanna start by thanking the committee. I also wanna thank anybody behind the scenes who are supporting members of the committee, those seen and unseen because I only get a glimpse of some of the work that goes into this and I can tell you it's a heavy lift. So you're very much appreciated. While not perfect, you are appreciated. I wanted to um, bring up two things that concern me. One is about the potential obstacles that may be coming our way. Granted, we all would like to see the end result, but we do have some other things to think about before we get to that point. And what I'm thinking about in particular are, how are How is the committee thinking about or planning on addressing the public relations pushback that we know that we're going to be getting? Is there going to be a plan in place or any discussion about how we can address some of the we talked about attacks today within this community, imagine the attacks that are gonna be coming outside of this community towards this endeavor. So I'm very concerned about that. And I also would like to know if there's any, if there has been any thought given to having, um, for lack of a better term, an advisory board of legal experts who can help when push comes to shove and um, there, there are some outside groups that are going to bring up some legal um, reasonings for why we can't have this reparations. So I'm, I'm very concerned about that. I'm very, again, I'm very concerned about any of these obstacles. And those are just two that I'm thinking of off the top of my head. Surely there are others, but I hope that um, attention will be given to that as soon as possible because I know that many of us don't want any more unnecessary delays. Thank you so much.
29: Thank you, Angela. Now I would like to welcome So Vicious. Hi, how are you guys doing? Um, I just wanna get on here and basically say I'm very interested. My name is So Vicious, my real name is Jamie Redman um i'm a rap artist from Hunters point um i also am a journeyman glazer i do construction and i'm very interested in joining the board i don't know if it's too late to do that um i just feel like i have a platform and i'm um, i'm young so my voice could touch a lot of people um i just feel like i want to get people more involved in this situation you know what i'm saying it's very important for uh young people to get involved cause we are the future. You know, me, um, I have a daughter as well. Um, uh, my mom. So I just want to, you know, um, I'm from Hunter's point. So i want to get involved for my community. I seen somebody post the, um, post the, uh, the link in a bio. I just wasn't sure of the requirements. Um, I have been in Bayview in San Francisco my whole life. Um, and so I'm very interested. Um, I just feel like I could bring, you know, something to the table. So I don't know if I could speak with someone after the call just to address it. Um, I have been in a few of the Zoom meetings you guys have had and I'm just, um, I'm interested. I'm on a board with my union as well. So um, I'm kind of politically inclined as well. So I just want to get involved and that's pretty much all I want to say.
1: Thank you for sharing your comments and thank you for joining us this evening. Um, now I would like to welcome Ronald Carter. Mr. Carter, can you unmute yourself?
0: Okay, I would like before we call on the next uh, member of the public, I still see there are about five hands that are waiting here. I want to remind. Everyone, respectfully, that we are only on item number three, um, and that I think many of you have thoughts and feedback that you want to give on item number six. There's also the chair's report. So I want to urge us uh, to just be mindful of the time. Uh, I also want to urge us to be mindful of the content and what we are discussing in this meeting uh, because we all need and deserve to feel safe. And yes, this is. A difficult process for all of us, we are going to have plenty opportunity for our Community to come and voice to the powers that be that actually make the decision for how reparations is going to be dispersed to black San Franciscans. At the upcoming committee, of the whole meeting that we will be discussing when we move forward in the agenda, so I just want to remind folks who are raising their hand on this on this discussion item that there will be more opportunities for us to get into. Uh, public comment where you can actually provide comment on the report on uh, recommendations on ideas that you may have, but I want to be mindful that we're at 640 and we're still on item number three. So we have five hands in queue. I'll pass it back over to Secretary Moki Meyer.
1: Thank you, Vice Chair Hollins. Um, I would like to welcome Carl Alton and just remind everyone um, supporting what Vice Chair Hollins mentioned that this is public comment on items not on the agenda. So if you have comments about recommendations, that would be best served under item number six. Welcome Carl
30: Olten, thank
29: you.
1: Can you unmute yourself?
31: Hi, can you hear me?
1: Yes, thank you.
31: Hi, how are you guys doing tonight? I know it's a it's been a long night already. Um, my name is Carl Alton Jr. Um, I'm actually a alumni at the University of San Francisco. Um, I graduated from the Urban and Public Affairs uh, Masters program in 2020, and I'm currently in Southern California. Um, I'm the founder of the Life Network. That's Like with the Y. Um, and it's basically a education platform where I wanna be able to talk about black history and Afrocentric material and put it at the forefront. Um, and so on top of that, what I've been able to do here in SoCal is I've been able to construct a slide deck that discusses AB 3121, <laughs> excuse me, uh, The slide deck discusses AB 3121 and I've been able to travel to universities, uh, black fraternities and sororities, um, Black organizations, and basically educate them about the reparations movement. I'm discussing this because I'm a bit concerned about the awareness of this movement, um, and more specifically, non-Black folks, right? Uh, we are 6% of this state. Um, San Francisco actually has a very similar statistic in regards to their African-American um, demographic. And I think that if we want to accomplish anything, we have to start reaching out to not just our folks, but folks um, that are non-Black as well. So what I would like to hopefully propose is um, if I can grab some kind of contact, discuss um, with one or many of the members of the SF committee, I would like to stretch my efforts to NorCal and be able to present my slide deck to the committee. And if the committee sees it feasible, um, you know, hopefully we can find a, organization that is backed by the dreamkeepers initiative to help me spread the message uh, throughout California and of course I'm in Southern California again but this can be done virtually um, I just would like to um, you know put that to the forefront and hopefully I can receive a backing so whatever contact information I can grab um, I would like to go ahead and grab that and um, share this this material with you so thank you again
32: Thank
1: you Carl. Now I'd like to welcome Robert Mitchell.
33: Welcome. Hello. Uh this is Robert Mitchell. Can you hear me?
1: Yes, thank you.
33: Hello. Uh yeah, I I'm sorry I had trouble figuring out how to unmute. Um Thank you for your welcome. I feel privileged to be a part of this. I appreciate everyone's um, uh, <coughs> uh, straightforwardness and dedication and passion to this. And um, I absolutely do see that it's a, an opportunity for us to come together as community and build for our best interests. So I encourage everyone to, to be open-minded. And though you may feel passionate about something very strongly, and have a valid reason, there's always two sides. So I think it's practical that we listen and try to you know, come together for the best interests of both uh, the individuals and community. Thank you all. Thank
1: you, Robert. Now I would like to welcome Erica. Hello, can you hear me
34: okay?
1: Yes.
34: Thank, yes. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. So I will be um, pretty quick. My name is Erica and I kind of want to bring attention to a few things. Um, so I came out of the foster care system in San Francisco County and I have not seen anything pertaining to the 13 year requirement meaning um no clarity around whether that's 13 consecutive years what happens if you had to leave for college or if you had to temporarily go to oakland because you couldn't afford to live in a city and you came back do you still qualify to receive those reparations um i also want to bring attention to the fact that there should be some sort of group collaboration something being that we have to prove that we are black for the excuse me, for the first time ever. Um, I have been doing research. And again, being that I came out of foster care, right, that family disconnection is already there. So now how do I prove that? How do I go through this process of finding my ancestry beyond what I've ordered off the line and making sure that that's sufficient? Um, So just making sure that it's not all of these extra burdens for something that we've already been burden for this entire time in the first place if this does go through that and the 13 year requirement being mindful that as long as we were here for 13 years and we've now come back we still qualify as well Wanted um, to bring attention to those two things so thank you for your time
1: thank you erica now i'd like to welcome leontine collins welcome
35: Hello, I just like to talk about, like you know, um, I know I I know about the Representative Reparations Committee, and I know that that y'all have little um, you know, workshops, and so well, I think that you know what I'm hearing a lot of people, a lot of people are bickering and bickering and, and stuff like that, but I have never, I have not heard one person talk about a child about a child's education. You know about how can we lift up our young people more to um, put them in those positions you know i haven't heard that you know and i and that's where i'm on for, for minds you know um but then i also would like you know if i had my hand up at the last question you know maybe um we could start touching bases at different community centers and bring in um the Zoom meetings, therefore, we can get people into into there, before we can get more people into the meetings. If we can't meet um, person to person, because I know for sure where where I work at, we have a um, in the Tenderloin, we have facilities that people can come in and do Zoom, and I'm quite sure that they can they can have it at other other places. Like you know, we have senior homes and different places that we can touch bases to make sure that people be able to um, get the information. You know, um, but my, my 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 main concern is about uplifting our 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 youth to make sure that they have an education. You know, and a, a lot of people is up in their mind. I heard about the money, but that we don't even know if that's going to happen because we don't even come to meetings. A lot of people that's on the Zoom meeting has not been to a meeting. About housing for our Black African American community. When the when the, uh, supervisors are down here, we all have to start being on one line. We all start to get involved with all these things that are happening in San Francisco with African American housing, our children, everything, violence, all this. So we can't. Why you want to come and scream at these people when they're trying to help us, and we need to be helping each other? We need to stick together and to stop like really doing what, what's what been going on on this um, Zoom meeting today. Thank you. Thank
1: you, Tina. Now I'd like to welcome Kenneth Johnson. Welcome. Mr. Johnson, can you unmute? I think Mr. Johnson's having a... Oh, are you unmuted, Mr. Johnson? We can't hear you. Um, we'll try you again. Now I'd like to welcome Charles Jolivet. Can you unmute yourself? Hello? Okay, um, I cannot hear Charles Jolivet. Let's try um, Odell Johnson. Okay, I can't hear. Um, Kenneth
19: Johnson Charles, can you Jones. hear me now? Can you hear me?
1: Yes, I can hear you now. Oh, great,
19: great, great. So um, one thing I didn't I didn't say in my introduction was that I'm a psychologist. Uh, I worked at Hunters Point from 2017 to 19, moving residents out of Hunters Point apartments. I mean, all the way to Westbrook to Middle. i mean, West Point to Middle Point, and. Uh, we uncovered a lot of mental health disorder and other comorbid uh uh mental health you know diseases. And um one of the things that I wanted to be a part of this committee, uh uh the purpose I'm is sorry, to...
1: excuse me, Mr. Johnson. We can only yes. allow public comment on for one time on each item, and you have already participated in public comment on this item. And in an effort to give everybody their space to speak and move the agenda forward, I'm going to ask that um, I'll send you an email and you can send us information. And then if you participate in public comment on on item five and item six in relation to that, that's fantastic. But we are only allowed to provide public comment one time on each item. Thank you. Is Charles Jolivet available? And again, I see people raising their hands. And if you've already spoken, you cannot provide public comment on this item again. This is general public comment on items on the agenda.
0: Madam Secretary, if we are unable to get Mr. Jolivet on the two remaining hands, I see have already commented on this item. So, uh, Mr. Jolivet, if you're able to comment now, we'll take it. If not, we will go ahead and close public comment on this item and move on to the next agenda item.
1: Thank you, Vice Chair Hollins. Charles, are you able to unmute yourself? Okay, Uh, Vice Chair Hollins, it appears
0: that we cannot connect with Charles Jolivet. Thank you, uh, Madam Secretary. We will go ahead and close public comment on this item. And will you please call the next item on the agenda? Yes, item number five is the chair's report. This
1: is a discussion item. This will be a presentation by Eric McDonald chair, African-American Reparations Advisory Committee, Tanish Hollands vice chair, African-American Reparations Advisory Committee. Um, we will, the chair and vice chair will report back on their work representing the advisory committee since our last meeting on January 9th, 2023. We will also discuss a new public, new public body meeting requirements effective March 1st, 2023 the African-American Reparations Advisory Committee draft report listening sessions, and a discussion about San Francisco African-American Reparations Advisory Committee draft report presentation before the San Francisco Board of Supervisors scheduled on March 14th, 2003, 23, sorry about that. So again, that's March 14th, 2023. Um, and there is going to be public comment on the item. Thank you,
0: Madam Secretary. Uh, and we do have Chair McDonald joining us this evening. So we will tag team this along with uh, Brittany Chiquotto, staff of the HRC. There are a couple of items under the Chair's report that we will be uh, reporting out on. Um, Chair McDonald, how would you like to proceed here?
2: Thank you, Vice Chair Hollins. Why don't I speak to the first uh, couple of items by way of update on um, a couple of events both that have passed and are coming, and then invite you to I'm sorry um, uh, Director Chiquada to speak to the um, the listening sessions that we are planning and then um, for you to finish with um, the item on um, uh, sorry, those who uh, applied to be on the on the committee. Okay, all righty. Um, good to see everyone. My apologies for being a little late. Um, so, uh, one want to just um, thank everyone who has been participating in many of the um, conversations with media across many outlets and fronts. As you know, there have been a number of. Um, <clears throat> Um, outreach efforts from various media media sources. So, thank you to those that have um, assisted in response in responding. Excuse me to those. Thank you to um, Reverend Brown for hosting um, a meeting at Third Baptist. Um, and then looking forward, um, the Black Futures and History Month um, celebration is coming up, um, actually on the fifteenth, um, <clears throat> hosted. Um, by the Bears Office and of Human Rights Commission. Uh, and so on the 15th, there are, there is a, another event coming up. Drumbeats, uh, Hearts, Communities as One at the San Francisco Main Library, um, in the Corette Auditorium. And uh, this will be an evening of performances celebrating Black Futures and History Month and Lunar New Year. And again, it's sponsored by the Human Rights Commission, the Library, Mayor Breed's Office, Booker T. Washington Community Center, both sides of the conversation, APA, his um, Heritage, excuse me, Foundation and the Chinese Historical Society of America, and University of San Francisco, uh, and then lastly, at least on the short list for this evening, um, on Wednesday, February twenty-second, will be the um, homecoming event. This was, as you see on the screen here, the first event I just mentioned. Um, so please, um, if your schedule permits, we encourage you to participate. Is there another slide? That's it. Okay. sure. Okay, thank you. Uh, and so then again, on the twenty second, it'll be the annual homecoming celebration, noon to two at City Hall. This is the annual event that is hosted by um, Supervisor Walton, um, Controller um, Malia Cohen, and of course Mayor London Reed. So we encourage everyone to come. Um, finally, before I hand it over, or an invite rather, um, Director to Quada to report out on listening sessions. Um, as was noted earlier and is noted in the agenda, um, the uh, health emergency that was put in place um, has been, had ends, excuse me, on February 28th. And as a result, all public bodies will be required to meet in person um, starting March 20, I'm sorry, March 1st. What that means is that this committee will also um, be required to meet in person. This does not change the accessibility of the meetings um, as you are doing tonight and as you have done um, in all of our previous meetings. It'll be the same um, Zoom links and the same access points for it. So um, it does, however, shift where each of us will physically be as we are, again, going forward required to meet in person. Um, with that, I will please now call on Director Takwata um, to give an update on the planned listening sessions.
4: Thank you, Chair McDonnell. Good evening, committee members. Brittany Chiquata Director of Economic Rights of the Human Rights Commission. Um, John or Kathy, yeah, thank you. So tonight, I'm going to give a brief update uh, on upcoming listening sessions and um, overall outreach and engagement that the HRC has been doing in coordination with the committee. Next slide. Um, First, I wanted to begin by thanking my colleagues, Jewel Stewart, Zach Manuel, and Director Cheryl Davis for their help with pulling and maintaining updated data records on the outreach and communications that our office has been receiving. As you all have heard, um, so before getting into the listening sessions, I wanted to share basically a snapshot of the increase in interest that we've seen since our last um, meeting in January. And we are using January 15th as an anchor date, really because that is when a story ran in the San Francisco Chronicle that dramatically changed the amount of outreach that we began receiving as a department. And so just wanted to share an overview of what that increase has been. So we hadn't been getting any calls really about reparations, but since the last meeting, we've received 40 voicemails 122 emails to the reparations at sf.org inbox. And we've had media outreach and publications from 38 unique outlets. Next. So this is a snapshot of our reparations.org website. And just wanted to note that there was a 450% increase over the month in visits for a total of 11,608 views in that time span. And that broke down to about, um, well, looking at uh, January 17th as a peak, we had 3,254 unique visits and uh, our referrals increased by 28,000% on that day. So we had a lot of uh, visits following that January 15th um, story which really kind of made the work of this committee go viral. Um and uh, it was just received a lot of coverage internationally in different media publications. Next slide. This is a snapshot of website visits to the HRC's general website and then how people are kind of sneaking over to the moving over to the reparations landing page. And so just wanted to show the, the huge increase here as well. Um, So we had, you know, nearly 9,000 visits um, between the week of, during that week of the publication. So between January 15th and 21st. Next slide. And so just for comparison, wanted to show you all that um, we had a a peak of 300 visits in 2022. Um, So just wanted to emphasize that we can infer that a lot of this recent interest and visibility has come from the um, media attention that the work of the commission has received. Next slide. So I wanted to highlight just our response protocol so that people are clear about how media and community member outreach is um, being responded to. For media, when a member of the media reaches out to the HRC, it's either through our general inbox, our HRC info inbox, um, or our reparations email address, or they call and leave a voicemail. And then after that is received, HRC staff reach out to the chair and the vice chair, um, and we connect the person requesting an interview with the requested uh, ARAC member. So sometimes they request a specific seat, number because they wanna talk to someone with expertise about a specific item, but usually they request to speak with the chair and vice chair. When a member of the public reaches out, um, the HRC team uh, does whatever necessary research we need to, to respond to the specific inquiry. And then we respond directly to the person who, from the public who is reaching out. And if requested, then we connect them with the chair and vice chair or other member of ARAC that they request. Next slide. So, as far as upcoming listening sessions, we have four scheduled dates with the University of San Francisco. And I want to stop and give gratitude to Professor James Taylor, who has facilitated this um, opportunity with USF and to work in collaboration with the Marshall Riley Living Learning Community students. And so they will be supporting us with social media and Uh, in-person outreach and engagement to really try and reach out out to more college-age students and get them more involved in the work of this reparations committee, Um, but also just generally the broad public to invite folks to attend these dates. And so would love to make sure that this is on each of your calendars and to, of course, invite the members of this committee to um, not only be present, but help with leading these uh, listening sessions. And then beyond these uh, four dates, uh, the staff has reached out to over 20 different um, individual and community stakeholder groups externally to see if we can get on their calendars. Um, so, you know, whether that's like a neighborhood community group or we've reached out to the public library, uh, we're just trying to get in as many places as possible. To give people an opportunity to again give any feedback that they have on the um, reparations plan um, and just make sure that folks, you know, if they want a physical copy, we can provide that as well. But these are really intended to be spaces where we are listening to community members give feedback on the recommendations. <clears throat> Next slide. And then this is just a brief timeline of uh, remaining events between now and next january so february through june will we will be connecting these listening sessions in collaboration with the um members of the african-american reparations advisory committee uh in march we have the hearing at the board of supervisors which i know chair mcdonald will touch on um later but it's on march 14th Uh, april 1 is the deadline to make any budget requests to the mayor's budget office June is when the final reparations plan must be submitted to the Mayor's Office, Board of Supervisors, and Human Rights Commissioners. And then this body sunsets January 2024. So I can take any questions uh, after you're done with this item. Thank you, Chair.
2: Thank you. Uh, just one quick question, um, just before it gets away from, which is, do we have yet um, dates, I'm sorry, times and places for the Listening
4: sessions. Yes, yeah, so they're in different places for each meeting, different meeting rooms on the campus of USF, um, but all are at 530. So um if interested, then please reach out to us and we can get you just the locations for each place. But they're all on USF's campus at
2: 530. Thank you. All right, let's proceed. We'll come back to additional questions you may have for um, Director Tequata or the vice chair or myself. Um, So moving forward then, um, two more items before we get to public comment and then discussion with the committee. Um, One, uh, so we will, as you all um, have heard and know most um, that our next, well, the rescheduled meeting with the full board, the committee of the whole um, will happen on March 14th at 3 p.m. Um, as it was intended on the 7th of February. Again, want to acknowledge the um, the, the need to move um, the meeting. Uh, and so we're looking forward to this opportunity to engage um, the full board around the report. Um, we also are intending, and more info to come, uh, to have a rally on the steps of City Hall. Um, That will begin at noon. So essentially the the day or the afternoon at least will be noon um, till 1, 1 1.30 on the steps of city hall and then the hearing with the committee of the whole uh, at 3 p.m. in chambers. Um, The intent is the same as it was uh, on February 7th, which is, well, let me just describe the overall flow. As uh, folks may or may not know, the hearing is to hear of and from both Dream Initiative and the um, Reparations Advisory Committee. And so the order, at least as best we understand it today, and we'll certainly get confirmation in advance from um, President Peskin's office, um, but that it will be Dreamkeepers, And so the anticipation is that uh, Director Davis will present on, or uh, make opening statements that in context, um, Dr. Sai and other members of, of their team will then make a presentation on Keeps initiative. Then there will be some transition comments from Director Davis uh, and then Vice Chair Hollins and myself will do a brief presentation um, that will essentially highlight um, the the high points, if you will, of the recommendations and also represent our expectation um, in terms of the board's um, response, um, not just to well, let me put it this way, to all of the recommendations, not just not just one of them. Uh, and, and so from there we'll go, um, I, I would anticipate we'll have some Q&A initially um, with the board, or they may decide to go straight to public comment. In either case, we're asking certainly members of the committee, but also members of community um, to uh, be present um, and participate in public comment. What we'd like as themes, is for is for um, presenters to speak both to, um, if you're a committee member and if your unique vantage point given the seat that you occupy on the committee. And again, this is not required. This is just suggested. Um, but your unique seat and role, given the lived experience that that represents, um, and then um, weave that or use that as the foundation for your, um, you know, my expectation, right, endorsement of the of the plan and and the call for action uh, from them. Uh, more to come on that Uh, and again where the committee is going to go with this um, post hearing from us and asking questions um, remains to be seen we'll all hear and experience that together and we'll determine what our next steps will be. Um, Vice Chair Howland's anything else to add on the 14th perhaps speaking to the rally?
0: Yeah, just a a word of thanks to all the community members who reached out uh, with excitement about the rally and we're excited that we are going to uh, move forward on March the 14th with the rally. Um, I wanna encourage the members of the public who have been um, consistently joining this meeting and who are local and uh, those who have been listening in um, to bring your voice to the rally and to the hearing on March 14th, uh, because that is where we need you most and we're going to be most effective um, in my report when we transition from here I'll talk a little bit more about our meetings with members of the board of supervisors that we've been holding over the past several weeks um, and what we've been emphasizing and how important it's going to be to have all of your voices. Um, in in one accord, as many of you have already stated. Um, to make sure that this this uh, recommend the recommendations in our report are not only taken seriously, but that the. Board find a way, um, which is their role and their job, to make sure that the recommendations that we've delivered actually come to pass for our community. So the rally is important. It will likely take place on noon, March 14th, on the steps of City Hall. Um, the hearing uh, committee of the whole will likely take place later that afternoon. We will follow up with exact times uh, and share information as we lead up to that date.
2: Thank you. Vice Chair Holland. Um, okay. The sorry, I'm reviewing notes just to make sure I we covered everything aside from the applicants to the open seat. Vice Chair Holland, was there anything else we wanted to cover? Okay. Well then let me ask you if you if you would please update on the applicants to C 15.
0: I'm losing my cursor here. Um, Yes, we want to thank the members of the community who applied and interviewed for seat 15. Want to update you all um, that we had uh, five applicants for uh, for that position, four of which were interviewed, were able to participate in the interview. Supervisor Walton will have an update um, on the Rules Committee meeting date. That's the next step in the process. Once we have that information, we'll share with the community and with the public when it's available, so um, thank you all for uh, your interest and participation and for those who uh, are just now finding out we've heard a lot from you uh, just in the past. uh, Almost two hours that we've been in this meeting Um, all of your interest in finding ways to participate, Uh, while we only have one committee seat. There are still subcommittee meetings happening, there will still be community listening sessions, there will still be opportunities for you to support the organizing and getting the word out uh, about the reparations process and, of course, to bring your voice to city hall and speak directly to the board so looking forward to all the ways the community will be able to continue to participate.
2: Excellent thanks for Hollins alright at this time we're going to go to public comment, um, we will. Uh go to public comment and hear public comment on again, item five, um, the chair's report, as you've just heard. Um, So please focus your comments on these items, um, which means um, just to be really kind of concrete, don't focus them on the report. Um, Item six, the very next item will be focused on the report. And we welcome all your comments at that time. Once we complete public comment, um, we will come back to, discussion with questions or discussions with the committee members on this item. Thank you.
1: Um, Thank you, Chair. Um, First, I would like to welcome back Reverend Tony Pierce. Can you
10: unmute yourself? Thank you so much. Uh, I would like to stop the clock for a point of clarification from you. I think many of us were not able to get the agenda. And I don't have the agenda. We were not able to pull it up, so we don't know what we're talking about when we're talking about it. Could you restate for me what we're commenting on at this
2: time, please? We are commenting, thank you for the question, we're commenting on item number five on the agenda, and item number five is the chair's report, um, and that chair's report included requirements for meeting, the reparations committee listing sessions that are planned, discussion on the March 14th committee of the whole meeting with the Board of Supervisors. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir.
10: I don't want to tie up your time. I'm in favor of all of that. Thank you for your hard work. And I really like the committee and the people you are. Thank you for your understanding and patience. Continue.
1: Thank you. I'm putting a link to the SFGov website and the agenda is posted there where you can just view it or you can download a PDF copy. Now, I would like to welcome Odell Johnson. Welcome.
19: I'm sorry. I think I will pass it to to question six. I think that I want to be kind of precise about what I'm talking about.
1: Thank you. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, Now, I'd like to welcome Monique to comment on item
12: number five. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I'm I'm I wasn't able to pull up what that is. Um, <clears throat> item number five. I've just been following the meeting, and everything you guys are doing is great. And I'm here to support. Thank you. Thank you, Monique. Thank
1: you very much. Now I'd like to welcome Alicia
12: Mayo.
17: Welcome. Okay. Thank you, guys. Everybody. Thank you so much again to the committee, as usual. I own Clarity Media, I left corporate media so that I could tell stories like this. And that's what I reached out to the chair McDonald about when I saw him in public. I wanted to extend my platform to all of you because every Sunday from this week forward at 5 p.m. I'll be talking through the reparations report. I'll do an analysis of the report on my own, I will invite folks on Facebook and on on YouTube, on social media platforms, wherever I can post my platform. I'll be talking about this report, going through it, sifting through it, trying to understand it on my own, but I sure would love for some of you committee members to show up on my platform and and talk about and explain anything that I can't seem to explain to my audience. Um, uh, Committee member John uh, Taylor, Professor Taylor, has been on my Platform because he knows I'm a credible journalist and I come with facts and information and I also come with an open dialogue so that you guys can tell the stories yourselves. I'm not trying to, uh, you know, create the narrative per se. But I'm opening my platform so that all of you can come and have a place to explain what's happening. You don't necessarily have to go to uh, mainstream media. There is Black-owned media that's being supported and funded through the Dream Keeper Initiative, thank God. Okay, there's me and uh, both sides of the conversation, John Henry. So please reach out to our platforms, Black-owned, Black-led media platforms, and talk about what you're doing. Um, I just want to give my support to all of you guys. When I see you in public, please give us some time. We deserve a little time to, you know, help our communities understand what's really happening, you know, in in a different approach. We're not mainstream media, but we are media. So please, you know, just uh, support what we're doing so we can continue to support all of you. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Alicia. I just want to remind everyone that uh, this is public comment on the chair's report. And part of the chair's report was um, our new public body meeting requirements, uh, the draft report listening sessions, and um, the presentation we will make before the Board of Supervisors on March 14, 2023. That is what public comment should focus on on this item. The next item will be um, of providing testimony about the draft report and eligibility requirements. Um, Kenneth Johnson, welcome.
9: Okay, <clears throat> thank you very much. This is Frederick Jordan. Kenneth Johnson is on the board of directors of the San Francisco African-American Chamber of Commerce. I am the chairman of the board, and um, I, um, I, I really applaud you for doing this. Um, I do serve. I have three state appointments, and I'm the former chairman of the National Black Chamber of Commerce. And um, on the 22nd of this month, I will be going to the White House. I have a meeting in the White House, and I will be connecting with Amos Brown, to see what I can do to bring some presence from uh, the president or the federal government uh, in support of what you're doing. And I really, really applaud that. And for the record, uh, my great-grandfather is from St. Mary's County, Maryland, born in 1819. Across the pond, directly within a year was Harriet Tubman, Uh, who was born in 1820, and within the year before him was Frederick Douglass in uh, Salmon County, uh, right across the Chesapeake Bay. So, uh, you know, this is so dear to me. In 1872, my great-grandmother changed the name. My great-grandmother, Carolyn Littleton, changed the name of the whole family uh, after Frederick Douglass, and that's the reason why I have the name Frederick. So I'm I'm just so delighted. And uh, again, I'll talk to Amos Brown or anybody who knows me can call me and uh, see what I can do uh, at the White House on the 27th. So thank you very much. Keep it up. My pleasure.
1: Thank you so much for your comment this evening. Um, now I'd like to welcome Odell Johnson.
19: Okay, thank you, thank you for, um, thank you for thinking of me on this uh, question six. So I, so again, as I was saying, I'm a psychologist and I'm a public health uh, practitioner, uh, more focused on research in that regards. Uh, and again, like I said earlier, I was very instrumental in the uh, the RAD program at Hunters Point when we were moving out more than three thousand residents into. Uh, another, another housing, uh, uh, I guess another housing, uh, uh facility while we Mr. Re-
2: Johnson, re- yes, Mr. Johnson, my apologies, sir, for interrupting. However, again, we we try to keep public comment focused on the item we are on. Right? And so the item we are on is item number five, which was the chair's report. Um, oh, I thought to we item.
19: moved item six, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. no, not yet,
2: not yet. We're not okay. quite there. What'll happen is we'll finish public comment, then we'll come back and have committee discussion, and then we'll move to item number six. Okay, thank you. Thank you.
1: Um, LaDonna Williams, welcome.
25: Yes, good evening again. I just wanted to um uh, mention, the part of the report, I believe, about the listening sessions, um, there were, I think, informal listening sessions, as we could call it. And if you look at some of the dates, so I just want to remind the San Francisco Commission, the dates where they met with community members directly. And looking at those dates, and we mentioned that we have folks who are connected through media and through media sources that are unorthodox, as they would say. But when you look at those numbers before the January 15th and when they met and then the results after January 15th, which I, if I'm not mistaken, trying to write these notes down, it was something like 300 percent increase or, 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 or so or more from January 15th, that anchor date up until present. That goes to show you there are those that are working undercover on this who are diligent and committed to this, but what they don't want is their time wasted and the recommendations distorted when it comes to the bigger picture. We're all connected together. This is hard work. We get it. But when we put forth these efforts and you see the results, that says you need to take the community's recommendations seriously and not back down when it comes time for us to put this on display because the world is watching us and i just wanted to add that it was the under 30s that helped those numbers rise because i've been in this process from the beginning engaging and committed and i will see it to the end but when we brought in our little forces to do what they do please give credit to the public as uh, as far as that increase in public interest in getting the attention of media, and that is just a glimpse of what is to come. So we want to, we're coming and we're coming hard and we're coming unapologetic because we are due these reparations in, in, in various forms, yes, but that payment is definitely at the top of the list. And as you meet with us communities and we engage and give you our recommendations, and you say that you represent us, we want you to represent it straight up like we give it to you unapologetic in what we are owed through this process. So I thank you for, your, for this time.
1: Thank you, LaDonna. Are there any other members of the public who would like to participate in public comment? I see Dr. Fortson, and again, this is a reminder that this is public comment on the chair's report. Dr. Fortson, welcome back.
23: Yes, Dr. Fortson again, and I just wanted to reiterate what the previous speaker said, that there has to be some component of cash reparations, and I advise and and counsel the board to resist efforts
2: to Mr. Uh, Dr. Fortune, for- I'm, I'm sorry, and I apologize for, for interrupting again, as I said to other speakers, we want to keep com- public comment focused on the item we're on. Your comments are, are important to hear, but they speak to the report itself, and that's the next item we're going to come to. I see. Okay, well, I'll wait then. Thank you. Thank you, sir.
1: Um, I do see two hands raised. However, those folks have already participated in public comment on this item. So I just wanna remind everyone that public comment, you can only provide public comment on one time on each item. So um, I do not see any other hands raised in providing public comment on this item at this time, Chair.
2: Okay, thank you. Public comment is now closed. I'll hand it back to Vice Chair Hollis.
0: Thank you, Chair McDonald. Thank you, Director Chiquata. For your updates, we will now transition to committee discussion. If there are any members of the committee um, that would like to discuss any of the items or have questions or comments, this is the time. First hand is uh, Member Barry.
6: Thank you, Vice Chair Hollins. Um, first, I'd like to send some love to all of these com- our committee members. We've been receiving a lot of um, backlash from people that oppose this work. Um, via messages to HRC, through the media, through social media, and including the chronicle. So um, I just want to send love because this work is not easy. And then my questions in regards to the chair report is, um, I have I'm curious to understand why we are an agenda item at the board of supervisor hearings with the Dream Keepers. Why isn't reparations its own agenda item? And also, I'd like to know where we are at with outreach. We we always have people that are just now hearing about reparations. So what's the status on outreach? And also, um, Director Chakata mentioned that um, when we get inquiries that HRC does some responses and the chair and the vice chair responds to the public. Um, I, I'm concerned that HRC is responding in in regards to our work. um, For example, a member of the public asked um, if city workers, black city workers would be included in reparations to repair some of the harm done. And um, there was a long report done by independent reviewer about the black city workers it was actually ordered by Mayor Breed, and it's very important. But HRC said, "Oh no, that will not be included in the report." And I'm just really concerned on what's being told to uh, the public without going through the full body here and possibly even voted on, yay or nay. That's
2: all. Thanks, Mayor Breed. Oh, sorry. Turn the camera back on. Come on, there you go. Um, I will take the first part of that question. So to the hearing with the board, um, the uh, Supervisor Walton and President Peskin decide that agenda. So that wasn't a decision that we have uh, a role in.
6: Okay. Did anyone um, oppose that or question yes. It or?
2: yes. And they decided they wanted to held together. And that doesn't mean others can't advocate to them, but that is that is what took place. Thank you. Uh-huh. Can you restate the second part? Cause I don't know that we've held it all.
6: Our second part was um, the status of outreach. Um, I'm really concerned. Like I was he- glad to hear someone from Glide called in tonight, but I-, I actually invited Glide to our rally, which was canceled. However, a lot of people have not known that this body even exists. And um, when we lost DeAnthony, it seemed like there was really no more work done with outreach, so I wanted to just know what's the update on outreach to the community. So, I and I I know that
0: our HRC staff can help support with some of this, but if you have more specific examples of what you mean by outreach, that might be helpful. I know there's a social media page that's active. Uh, I know the website is active, and I believe Director Chaquata uh, gave some stats on the engagement there. I know there's been uh, press releases, and now we're having listening sessions. But are there suggestions for other ways to do outreach that you have or that you think are missing?
6: Absolutely. When we first started this process, um, we started a list, a Google spread of different organizations we can go to. Possibly hang flyers. I volunteered to drive all over the city because not everyone checks HRC website every day or has a HRC social media they follow and gets this type of information. And I would like to just see um, physical flyers put up in homeless areas, any any area where someone might have technical difficulties or not able to go to a website to find out what's the latest going on with HRC. And also, our report is buried deep in their website. It's not something easily accessible as well. Thanks,
0: Member Berry. Director Chiquada, do you want to address any of that?
4: Sure. Um, I would say that the first thing is this is intended to be a partnership. the human rights commission really is here to be support staff to you all and so we want to support you in your leadership um, in communications and outreach and engagement because we don't want the perception to be that we're trying to put our thumb on the scale in any way with regard to reparation recommendations excuse me for the reparations report um, for media responses or responses to the public and so, you know, in, in numerous previous meetings, we have asked that a member of the committee be identified to be the point person for comms. Um, that was never decided by the committee. So when we field these things, there was a meeting, there was an email that went out from Kathy uh, in January about media protocol going through the chair and the vice chair for media responses, um, and that is what we have been following as staff. Beyond that, we have um, again pulled from our department's budget because this was not a budgeted body. There was no budget that was um, identified when this was uh, created. And so we pulled from our budget and we have um, we have uh, requested essentially an MTA ad campaign for bus depots and inside of buses. But given their schedule, that was delayed until the beginning of the new year, and we're still waiting to get on that schedule. But that was a flyer and survey um, and uh, bus campaign that, sorry, <laughs> some guests trying to get in the meeting, um, that we um, work with you all to get on, get on uh, public transportation uh beyond that we have a survey that we are circulating um, that is both online and printed we'll be working with the students at usf to do in-person interviews um, and to have uh to member barry's point a more public presence um to essentially uh, reach people where they are Um, and that's also the point of the listening sessions you know we want to in senior housing and public housing and community centers and on college campuses in spaces where people, because we know that, you know, people aren't necessarily coming to look for us. There was this moment in time influx and an increase um, in visibility and interest in the work of the committee. Um, And I really want to give gratitude to the committee and to the HRC staff because we have been um, really actively reaching out to media just to make sure before this January story run, we have been trying to reach out for a while to get any type of story out there and Because of that story that ran on January 15th in the Chronicle, we are clear that the increase in media visibility from Fox News in BC to papers in New Zealand was because of this going out on the AP News. And that can be attributed to the consistent media advisories that we have been putting out after each meeting um, and reaching out one-on-one to media and driving that to the appropriate committee members based on who they want to talk to.
6: So as far as getting flyers to the base media based organizations so that people who don't listen to Fox News um, or read the Chronicle can know more and can learn about future r- rallies and whatnot, can we do more? Can we print flyers and get it to these places so that people can have it on their bulletin boards and be aware? And we're very...
0: I think those are all good suggestions and being a um,
6: committee chair,
0: maybe in the committee chair meeting that we have coming up that's something that we can discuss Um, and getting it out, especially in advance of the March fourteenth rally. I do agree with you that having flyers out and things like that is going to be helpful. Um, I also hear that we have a challenge with budget and access that we need to figure out. this is why having the dreamkeeper initiative has been helpful as a partner and having HRC has been helpful as a partner, but it's not uh, there's also limitations with it, which is what we've been coming up with and then i've heard. Um, from the members of the public from Alicia Mail, and both sides of the conversation, I know there are black history month events happening all over the city. Um, that some of our partners are going to be at if we have a strategy where um, some of these folks can be either sharing information or gathering information. From the community about their thoughts about reparations is a good time and place to do that too so maybe this is a a discussion that we can have at our meeting next week about strategies that we can use for now and then who all we need to reach out to um to get something more consistent because i agree with you i think we all agree with you obviously there are many people that are going to be left out even if we are doing uh, a lot more in the press um and have much more of a public conversation about it what we're talking about is a campaign for reparations. And that's something that we've said over and over again needs to happen, um, but that doesn't just happen from outreach, that happens from strategy and putting money and things in place for us to do it. So um, I think we can maybe put that on our agenda for our next meeting. Chair McDonald, did you have coming just briefly. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
2: yeah, thank you so much. And and again, I remember Barry, obviously it's an important issue that you raise and a reality that the committee I would invite us all to hold and appreciate. So we have limited resources. Um, and so we're the ones we're waiting for um, quite candidly. So um, that said, uh, what uh, Director Tequada, um highlighted was the work they have had capacity to do. So they've done it and you're highlighting where some of the gaps and opportunities still rest. Um, in addition to what uh, Director Tequada shared, there was also been um, hundreds of um, notifications going out through various festivals and um, as well as hundreds of bags and t-shirts, those kind of things. So there are some efforts happening, but you're highlighting that it's it's still not enough in terms of the numbers of people that we wanna reach. And so yes, we can at our next uh, committee leads meeting, talk about it, but um, short of that, what we really need is everyone activating their networks, whether large or small. Um, And if a flyer is what you need, Um, we can certainly work on getting a flyer available um, as we've done in the past um, and then put that in all of our hands to then, again, leverage our network. So thank you for raising it.
6: Thank you, Chair McDonald. Uh, The last question was um, giving responses to the public like um, Black city workers would not be included in reparations, like answers like that Shouldn't those type of answers be ran through our full body versus the HRC office?
2: The short answer is yes, um, and the, the not, no, not just the answer is yes. It should, and um, the ultimate is determiners of the um, eligibility criteria will be this body, and it'll be done through this body by vote of this body, which is what will then land in the, the final chapter of the report.
4: Thank you. And point of clarification, Chair um, and Member Berry, are you referring to, are you saying that a member of the public reached out to HRC about eligibility criteria and, and asked
6: if, well, can you clarify? I'm sorry. Not eligibility criteria, but as part of reparations that Black city workers be, um, there's like a 40 page report, but those matters that um, the harm that was done to Black city workers over the years, which is part of the harm we a lot of us have experienced and some rectification on how to resolve that harm that's currently to this day being done to Black city workers be included in reparations. And a person that works at HRC told the member of the public, no, it cannot be in the reparations report. And I think that's not a decision that should be made by one person, but by our body. Okay, um, that's that.
4: I agree with you. And could you, if you have the email, forward that um, my way, please? Sure.
0: Thank you, Member Barry. Member Cunningham.
4: Thank you.
20: Um, a couple things, Chair. I didn't. You spoke and you said something about us speaking on our seat. And I was. Can you, uh, clarify what you were talking about? And is that at the uh, um March Fourteenth meeting?
2: So I'll start where you ended. Yes, at the March Fourteenth meeting, the idea. And again, this is not at all a requirement. It's just an idea around how you utilize your three minutes of public comment at the hearing on the 14th. Each of us was elected, right, to a particular seat, um, that seat representing lived experiences. Um, And so it's an opportunity to bring uniquely your lived experiences into this conversation about the importance uh, of reparations. Um, And so that was what I was referencing. Thank you.
20: And then I have another question related to meeting in person, do we have, an established safety plan for us? Because um, so it sounds like it's mandatory as of March 1st. So we have to be in person and it sounds like a Zoom link will still be available for the public, but that the members need to be present. Um, what does it looks like for safety for us? Do we have that figured out?
4: I can answer Chair McDonald. Um, so that's part of why we don't yet have a room um, secured. So it's both about size as well as security. Um, unfortunately, right now the rooms at City Hall are booked. And as you know, you have to go through a metal detector and there's on-site uh, Sheriff's department's members. And so we are making sure that the location that we do identify has um, both on on-site law enforcement and uh, metal detectors um, in case of any type of emergencies, just because of the range of reactions that we have received. And if by chance
20: we don't have a room, are we going to be elsewhere or remote? Because I'm I'm just concerned because I don't I'm I I res- I don't respond like some of y'all nice and and everything. I'm gonna respond with that same kind of energy. Somebody <laughs> come with me. So I just want to be mindful that. I'm trying to make sure I sustain myself, but I want to make sure that we're doing this as a as a whole. Because <laughs> I'm safe at home right now. <laughs> <laughs> Next, I'm almost done with my questions. Um, the other thing is I want to just say um thank you, committee. You know, this is a, a serious, serious commitment that we've been doing and trying to get everybody's two cents in, and for the folks who are on the call, the community who continue to show up. We thank you and we do hear you. Um, As you heard, a lot of the media things are going through HRC and our chair and our vice chair. So they're not directed to us directly. And the other piece is a lot of you all, you come here and you say, we want this now. And we've repeated many, many times that this is a advisory committee. We have absolutely no uh, what? No guts. <laughs> no, no. we don't have anything in place to make this happen. We have recommendations. And I would urge people, when you come and sp- use your three minutes, everybody don't have to talk about the five million dollars. So thank you, um, uh, Chair McDonald, because I could talk about my piece, but I wanted to talk about something else. You don't have to talk about the five million dollars. If there is going to be 100 people in there, 99 are going to be talking about the five million dollars. Please show up like you have read the report. There was a lot of information in there where we're talking about education, where we're talking about health crisis, where we're talking about um, other ways that has that can help Black people in San Francisco. So if you're caught up on the $5 million, like all the negative emails that we got <laughs> that talked about how dare we ask for $5 million, dig a little deeper and be a, talk about the other things too, because yes, that is on the table. Yes, that is important, but there's a lot of things that are important that we need to level Black people up in San Francisco. So I just want to put that out there that we do hear you. It is a lot of work to compile these things, to have these meetings, to have additional meetings, to talk to y'all at and here y'all at these um, listening events, all these things are important and they're necessary, but please do not spend so much time about the $5 million because that's all everybody's going to hear. So I challenge you when you show up, please think about doing something different. The last thing i will go say is, dang, I just lost it. That's what happens with age. <laughs> Sorry, y'all anyway, thank y'all for being here. Thank you for your time. Thank you, leaders up in here. Thank you, HRC, for the work that you're doing. Um, And just thank y'all for showing up. We do hear y'all.
0: Thank you, Member Cunningham. I appreciate you. Before I call the other two members, I just want to add um, that we are unapologetic in what we're calling for because the 111 recommendations that are in our draft report came from the community, not from just the members of this advisory committee, um, from all of your public comment, from all of you who have participated uh, in the subcommittee meetings. And while the press release and what happened on January 15th brought a lot of attention, the attention really has been sensationalized around the $5 million and the audacity that Black people from San Francisco would dare to fix their lips to say we deserve anything but $5 million more than anything. And I really appreciate you pointing out that it's important that we do not get caught up on any one recommendation because we want everything that we're asking for and we deserve everything we're asking for. And we don't want to play into this sensational that the sensation that media and critics have about who we are and what we're asking for so yes, we will be unapologetic and asking for $5 million and more. But we want to remind all of uh, everyone who is supporting this process, whether you are on the committee or on the sidelines to do a deep dive in the report, when a member when uh, chair mcdonald and I have a meeting um, with the members of the board we've asked them directly, how many of you have read it. And what else do you know about the recommendations that we're putting before you besides other than the $5 million that's made the news headline and when we talk to reporters and anyone else we're asking the same question and the answer is very consistent people don't know much about what else we're asking for so it's on us as a community to continue pushing the envelope for what we all need and deserve um, and to make sure that we're not to to the point that the community has made we deserve the check but this is not just about the check there's so many other ways that the black community and black san franciscans can and should be compensated and this committee is doing the hard work of making sure that none of our people get left out of that and that's what the purpose of uh, our next conversation will be as we go into the recommendations. So, two, uh, two more hands. I saw Member Williams and Member Landry.
36: So, so I have two questions. Um, one of them is that: Is there any alternative to to like share to the Board of Supervisors about like the plan that's like a, supposed to be a part of public comment? Because I don't know if I'm able to attend the meeting since I have class during that time.
0: for the the march 14th meeting if you're unable to attend is that what you said member williams yeah um i don't know about remote participation um but i think there will chair mcdonald i see your head nodding
2: yeah just to jump in thank you there will be um <clears throat> remote accessibility sorry I'll say that three times fast um for Wait. the meeting so you'll be able to call in
36: okay but no,
4: like I think what I, Chair, she was saying that she has class yeah. during that time, so ahead oh, of time, oh, I
2: see. Sorry, you're able Thank to you. send
4: an email to the members of the Board of Supervisors with your comments.
36: Okay. Um, I also have another question about moving the meeting to in-person. Would I be able to like still be online or would I be required to meet in person since I'm currently in school in L.A.?
0: You're on mute, Chair McDonnell.
2: No, I know, I was intentional, I was oh, just thinking out loud. That <laughs> <laughs> was me acknowledging to myself okay. out loud. That is an excellent question. I don't know the answer to that. Let us look into that to find out, because obviously you have some very unique and extenuating circumstances. You are and have been a, a valuable member of our committee. So let us look into that and get it back to you.
36: All right, that's all the questions I have. Thank you. Thank you, Member
0: Williams. And yeah, we're, we're looking at accommodations and safety, so also very important. Uh, Member Landry?
21: Yes, um, thank you. Uh, well, first of all, a lot's been said. I just wanna thank uh, not only the public, the committee, uh, make sure staff and all the things that's happened, I, I don't want no one to get discussed, which I believe we have been a, a lot so far to realize that, uh, this this is not going to be an easy. Uh, next phase, however, uh, we have no choice but to go straight forward. So, uh, just want to share that. Um, this is some of the concern, and the obvious is that you know board of supervisors hearing coming up March fourteenth. Uh, I think as assistant, it might be wise for us to knock on some supervisors' doors for the. Uh, 14, and just to see if they directly have any questions that can be answered for even the hearing. Because a lot of times, when you have these big hearings, as you know, it's, it's for so you know, you never reply, but they never really have a chance to ask the other questions as they probably get into the media and, um, and those who's not, uh, no so opposition. The 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 fear of opposition that we're receiving and we will receive as we get closer and closer to the end zone. Uh, another thing I just need to speak about, you know, for me as a member of this task force, I've, I've never felt like you know when the public is speaking. I take I don't take anything personal because I realize like most of you in this call that what we don't do as black people here in America throughout this world, uh, we're like punching bags. And then it's better to punch on here instead of taking it out either on your family or you know, going through that day and this spill over to your community or work life. It's just to me that this is the right setting to have these hard conversations so I would just uh, again caution us to realize, uh, at the end of the day, we all black, all looking for the same thing. I mean, I, I don't think no one could say that of uh, the times we live in. And when you see what's happening nationally, like Dr. Ron Daniels just expressed his being dis- disappointed of our President Joe Biden for acting weakly. When it comes to reparations here in the United States, but you know, speaking like a giant when it comes to reparations internationally. So we got some big fish to find. What I mean by that, uh, we understand the jurisdiction is here in San Francisco, but like they say, what happens here in San Francisco, you know, tends to spread abroad and it impacts the state as well as the the nation. Uh, but one question I have, no, two questions. For the subcommittee meetings, when we in person, are we, or is the intent is to have the subcommittee meetings? Because I am concerned, like, uh, member Cuttingham was speaking about the safety. Are the is the plan is that for us as the subcommittee to meet in person, um, or still carry on what are uh, verbal meets? That's number one in terms of you know the mandate, uh, and the uplifting of the COVID restrictions. Then number two for March 13th, I last time had a, a conversation of outreach about uh, posters and shirts and, you know, some type of flyers. I thought it would be wise and maybe someone can answer this, are planning or should should we take, should someone take the lead on providing that type of material? So when we're standing in front of um, City Hall, we have a great impact and the presence before going to the and have the hearing. But that's pretty much it. Um, and thank you again, public and everyone and for for being real patient with us because you know this is our this is a one in a lifetime thing. Like you're going to have two times to go through a reparation process, right? <laughs> so let's keep that in mind. And I everybody uh for being patient with the process. Patience thank you.
0: Thank you, Member Landry. You had two questions. The second one about um, planning for the March 14th rally and hearing, I think we can discuss further in our subcommittee uh, chair meeting. But there was a question before that. I want to make sure I didn't miss it. Did you have a question for the committee or were you just sharing your thoughts?
4: Well, I heard it, Vice Chair, I could answer. He asked about the subcommittee meetings and if they are also mandated by the updated memorandum from their oh, brief. There we are. Okay. Um to meet in person. And the answer is no, because that is not technically the body that was created by the legislation. So only these full body monthly meetings must meet in person beginning in March. Uh, subcommittee meetings may continue to meet
6: virtually.
0: Child and kids don't care nothing about what we got going on. Please get that door. Okay. There was one more At all. <laughs> <laughs> nothing about it. All right, did we have another member uh, of the advisory committee that had a comment? If not, then we will transition to, I believe, public comment on this item. Member Irving.
7: Thank you. Um, I just wanted to echo, I think it was Member Barry, um, about the two items put together. And I know that was a decision by the Board of Supervisors. And so I just wanna make sure that when we're speaking on that date, and I know that we probably will, but that we're able to separate the two because folks will just say, you know. They we already gave you sixty 60 million dollars. They'll lump all black things together and that'll be enough. That 60 million was probably really hard for some folks to come off of and to feel like well not they didn't, you know, but feel as if they had given us something already. And so I want to just make sure that we're able to separate it, because I do think that that's going to hurt us because people are so focused on the money and not the plan itself and all the different things that are in the um, the draft plan. So I'm wondering when um, uh, Chair McDonald, you said that there was some advocacy and some pushback, what type of advocacy do we need to do? Or is it just when we get up there to be able to articulate that this is totally separate? And I think the Board of Supervisors are very clear about that, um, but the folks who they answer, who you know, are in their ears, maybe not.
2: Thank you for that, Member Irving. Um, <clears throat> In short, I don't know that there's any additional advocacy that could change and separate them into two separate hearings, I think that that's behind us. And so, yes, yeah. that becomes um, important for us to make the distinction in enduring all of our public comments. Um, we had a similar conversation with the mega black um, um, community as well. So, yeah, it, it's on us to hold those distinct um, in the room.
0: All right, thank you, Member Irving. Thank you to all of the members of the committee. Um, We actually already entertained public comment on this item. I apologize for the confusion. So I'm gonna call on uh, Madam Secretary to call the next agenda item.
1: Thank you, Vice Chair Hollins. Um, Item number six is updates to African-American Reparations Advisory Committee draft San Francisco Reparations Report. This is a discussion and possible action item. This is time for members of the public and the committee to share any new recommendations for the final San Francisco reparations plan, including any updates to eligibility requirements. The discussion will be led by um, Chair McDonnell and Vice Chair Hollins. There will be public comment and committee comment on this item.
0: Thank you, Secretary Okay. Um, so, we see hands going up. Just to reiterate, this is the time for the members of the public to provide new recommendations to the draft report, give comments on the eligibility requirements. Your public comments will be limited to three minutes. Uh, please be mindful that you are only going to be able to give one public comment on this item. Uh, please feel free to use the chat as well, uh, but raise your hand, I, your hand icon to indicate if you would like to speak. I will hand it over, Madam Secretary, if there are any members of the public who would like to testify on this item.
1: Um, I do see members of the public who'd like to testify. Uh, I will put a link to the draft report in the chat again. Uh, First, I'll call Alicia Mayo, and I just want to remind folks that this is to provide new recommendations. Alicia, welcome.
17: Okay. Thank you, guys. I'm getting ready for bed. But listen, this is a recommendation about reparations. We need to advocate for reparations by including the Dream Keeper Initiative. Because I am a recipient of the Dream Keeper Initiative, it's been my um, honor to be a part of proving to the city and to the world that when black people get money, they know what to do with their money. This is a recommendation for the reparations advisory committee and the whole movement around reparations. We don't have to be told what to do with the money. We don't have to uh, settle for less money because we're we are owed more than five million plus all of the uh, other. 100 or plus items of recommendations, and we can manage it all as Black people. So I would recommend to the the advisory committee to advocate for the combined efforts that we have done as San Francisco residents, as members of the HRC, as members of the committees, as a whole community of Black people in San Francisco. All of it is connected, it all Proves one thing or another, which we don't really have to prove it, but they're, you know, they want us to show that we know what to do with money. We know what to do with our lives. We know what we are old and we know how to ask for it, research, prove, and all of that. It's all connected. It all matters, in my opinion. And it's just a recommendation that we do consider the connection between the two and not necessarily separate. All right, that's it, thank you.
1: Thank you, Alicia. Now I'd like to welcome Dennis
10: Williams.
37: Uh, Good evening, everyone. This is Mr. Dennis Williams, uh, D5, um, also sub chair to Fillmore Merchants Collaborative. Uh, My new recommendation is, um, I don't wanna talk too long, but the entire draft report may be a daunting task for a lot of the community to read. Um, all the way through. So, similar to what they do at election times, my recommendation would be maybe that, because um, like Ms. Cunningham has stated, you know, to be able to state other things besides the money, which I'm a big component of saying that. But um, maybe like the Democrats do and the Republicans do at election time, when you put in people mailboxes a ki- uh, list of key points that you guys maybe want people to touch on, um, I think that'd be excellent. Um, it comes like prop nine i mean prop i prop this prop that so i think that'd be dope and um also like you said advocating in front of the city hall to make it bigger which we lost um uh a lot of public uh well not excuse me a lot of media publicity would have been around us if we would have had it um last week during black history month as everyone knows so that was disheartening so i don't know we uh, any application outside in front to make it look bigger as well as inside, I know my grassroots organization had like 25, 30 people and the youth are taking um, their initiative and, and learning more, whether the five million brought them in, but they wanna learn more. So um, I think it, it is on us um, that leaders of the community as well as the uh, the subcommittee here to do as much outreach to the community because there's a lot of intelligent people in our community, but there's a lot of people that look to us to be the leaders Um, So it's on us to do our part. So thank you.
1: Thank you, Mr. Williams. (laughs) Excuse me. I'd like to welcome Kaylee Wong. Um, It looks like Kaylee disappeared um, from the list. So, oh. No, Kaylee's back. Please unmute yourself. I'm sorry we can't hear you, Kaylee. I'm going to move on to Dr. Fortson. Welcome back, Dr. Fortson.
33: Can can
23: you hear me now?
1: Yes,
23: thank you. Okay, thank you for uh, recognizing me. I wanted to share with you, with your organization, uh, w- I mean, with the committee uh, asserts definition of what we call uh, reparations and also what we call substantial reparations. And I think this might be a good framework as a guiding light as to how you uh, frame the amount of money and how you pursue uh, the situation in in general. First of all, we define reparations as the making of amends for the wrongs done to Africans abducted in the slave trade and brought to the United States, their descendants in the United States, and the lingering deleterious consequences to those in the United States similarly situated by paying money, assets, and gifts in kind to or otherwise helping the aforementioned that have been wronged without any meaningful exchange of labor, assets, or promise of future consideration on the part of the agreed in a way that substantially increases their financial net worth. So there's some key components to this definition. And, and you know a lot of people have different ideas of what reparations is, a check or um, house and money or whatever, but uh, we felt that it was important that we lay down what we thought reparations were. Secondly, uh, it's key to understanding for us that reparations, uh, if, they're not, uh, if they're not transformative, they're not reparative. So uh, substantial amounts of reparations are those that are, are transformative. And we define that in terms of reparations as an amount of money sufficient to achieve one of the following transformative changes in one's life. One, a positive change in one's condition or economic strata of living. Two, a positive change in one in one's business ownership status or rank of equity stake, stake. Three, full elimination of any debt or group of debts that would be expected to equal or exceed that individual's current housing costs or fair market value of the housing costs if living rent free for the anticipated duration of the debt payment schedule. Four, an amount of money sufficient to pay the complete tuition cost for a degree or a trade or certification certificate to the next level in that individual's desired field of endeavor, and five, an amount of money greater than or equal to the median cost of a single-family dwelling and American home. The last thing I want to say is that in the end, we believe that that reparation is going to have to be engineered. That is, there's going to have to be a vehicle that is designed to put different components together to achieve a certain result. Uh, Neither, uh, we don't feel that reparations uh, given to individuals alone would do that, uh, but that we
12: Uh,
1: Thank you, Dr. Portson. Three minutes was up and we are um, trying to be mindful of the three minute time limit on public comment. Now I'd like to um, welcome Kenneth Johnson to comment on this item.
11: Yeah, I'd like to uh, uh, recommend that the committee add another recommendation that we use the Fillmore Heritage Center to start training programs immediately, suggest, I mean, and recommend. I know y'all don't have the last word, but recommend that the Fillmore Heritage Center be turned into a training program to equip those unskilled community members with skills and the many different careers, I mean, the, 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 the many different skills that it would take to bring the film Heritage Center up to date and also the sub-community substation to repair that and to to uh, put a couple of floors in there cuz after the after the uh community members do that they'll all have skills and be able to work and make a, and 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 make and make a good le- living because when it's all over you know people going to have to have skills to pay the rent and or or buy or buy things and be able to pay the mortgage. So since those buildings are there vacant, I think it's uh to be to the community's advantage to get those buildings and start using those buildings to train our people before the city gives it away or sells it. You know, while everybody's thinking about long range, five million dollars, you got to think about what's happening in the community now. You know, and and along with the 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 housing, the I th- think they're trying to they're trying to do some things in the, in the housing. I'm not really familiar with that, but I've heard, you know, the 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 the, the public housing, they they're trying to get people out of that. So you know the the reparations should put a stop on that put a, a moratorium recommend that you put a moratorium on, on 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 public housing where nobody else can be put out you know and 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 that that and 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 the, and the, the housing should be for the, the the black people who built that who had those the black churches had all that housing built not now, now it's it's it's, uh, it's it's something else. But anyway, I think that recommendations for now should be in there.
1: Thank you, Mr. Johnson. Now I'd like to welcome Jonathan back. Welcome, Jonathan. Can you unmute yourself?
14: Yep. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Zoom was freezing for a second. Um, okay, can you start the time? Yeah, so I attended the subcommittee meeting with Kathy and Daniel last week, and I talked about a discussion panel about reparations that I heard last month. After hearing the uh, panel in the audience it showed that Black people are not incapable at all. But at the same time, Black people shouldn't be viewed as some sort of superhuman race who are expected to be able to participate in this game of Monopoly against all odds, where most if not all of the property are already owned, right? There has to be a middle ground. So with that being said, in San Francisco and America as a whole, the best diplomatic and comprehensive form of reparations is to cap interest rates on all loans to 1% for 50 years for those who qualify. And anyone looking for cash reparations should be able to get money from something totally new called a permanent national reparations fund, where any individual, athlete, celebrity, business, or entity can donate to that fund as a tax write-off. Where the donation can be written off each and every year if someone feels compelled to help right the wrongs committed against black american citizens for the foreseeable future that plan won't cost anyone anywhere a single dime and that fund can last forever and we will still be able to get money from already existing grants and newly formed grants too so i learned about that panel discussion a full year after it took place so it made me ask why are we crawling when it comes to these reparations the opposition is, is made up they're not stupid people these people are lawyers religious zealots who are ready and willing to misuse Christianity and the word of God, and they got a lot of money. We can't slowly sneak up on these kinds of people because they'll see us coming a mile away. You know, taking our sweet time gives them too much of a chance to make a good argument against what we're doing and aggravate the current issues that we still face today. We got to be extremely tactful, and this requires extreme ingenuity. This plan needs to be unattackable. Our goal should be to get a law passed first that they got to figure out how to repeal, just like Obamacare was done. We can add some of these 111 measures after an extremely reasonable version of this plan is passed in law. A lot of Obamacare is still in place today because it was too good, and some of them actually work. So this shouldn't be about punishing people who didn't cause any of this personally. This shouldn't be about revenge against America because we're still Americans too. Nobody has to lose in order for this to work. This is chess, not checkers. These two things alone will bring a lot of equity and equality to Black people all at once. Black people have enough enemies as it is. Let's not create even more enemies. Um, 50 years might have seemed like a long time, but we got to do something that will pass. I don't want to be fighting for this 50 years from now. People got to be inspired to make this want to happen everywhere, not just Black people, but people everywhere, right? So listen, I have a I have a shareable version of this plan. And anyone who wants to contact me or anyone who wants to you know, know about it, hit me up. I'll send you an email. You can send me an email. We can get in contact, social media whichever way. Let's present something that will pass right now, something that's sensible and easy to digest so that everyone can win. We can finally move past this, starting with those two things.
38: Thank you, Jonathan. Now I'd like to welcome Tina Williams Combs. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you to all all the members of the committee uh, for your hard work over, I know, many months. Um, I have three, Recommendations. I've I've skimmed the report. I haven't read it word for word. Um, I'm just sort of coming into this process like a lot of a lot of folks. But three things come to mind. Um, my my grandfather, my mother, and my father, uh, and I, and all of my siblings were uh, are were longtime San Franciscans. My grandfather came in the late '30s, um, and worked on the bridges, um, worked for the post office, was one of the first black drivers, excuse me, for for Muni. My mother um, mopped floors, made beds in hotels, motels, hospitals, became a nurse, took care of San Franciscans at San Francisco General, St. Luke's Hospital and so on. I grew up in Fillmore, Uh, Petraro Hill, and Hunters Point, Bayview Hunters Point. My grandfather um, is deceased. My mother passed last year. And I wanted to know and am recommending that the committee include a provision, a recommendation for the descendants of longtime San Franciscans. Who, had they had opportunity, would would have certainly um, uh, owned homes, accrued equity in their homes, um, and had other opportunities. Several of my siblings would not qualify. I went to school and graduated high school in San Francisco. Um, And so I believe that the descendants of longtime San Franciscans should be able to. Um, realize the financial, real estate, the income, education, and entrepreneurial um, opportunities that are discussed and raised in, in the draft draft plan. Secondly, um, with regard to the financial options, this is, is not my original, totally my idea. Someone else commented. I would I'd recommend the draft include several options for payments outright cash, um, some other form of incremental payments for people who would like to have those rather than um, a a lump sum. And also consider um, some trust arrangements. You know, if we're talking about um, the opportunity for not only the individuals who were harmed, um, but also their descendants as well. And I'll just, I just wanna put this last comment
1: Thank you. Now I'd like to welcome Maurice Rivers. Welcome.
39: Good evening to the committee members and the members of the public. My only recommendation, if it's not already on the table, would be that substantial tracts of government and public land throughout the state of California, be transferred to a national reparations trust authority with full autonomy in terms equivalent to the sovereignty granted to Native American people over reservations awarded to them. These lands and these these, uh, areas of the, the state would be utilized for major educational, commercial, industrial, economic, business, health, wellness, you name it. And they would benefit the people of all African descent. As we know, When Black people stand together, it shakes the core of the foundation of this country and the haters get scared. After World War II, the United States government paid 1.6 billion in reparations directly to Japanese American survivors of internment camps for civil rights violations. There is no reason why we do not deserve this money. Expected outcomes are increased income in Black communities, increased asset accumulation in Black communities, increased social connectedness in Black communities, improved mental health in Black communities, improved health outcomes in Black communities, and reduced stress and trauma in Black communities. So in closing to the committee and everyone under the sound of my voice, straighten your back, straighten your crown. Let's do this.
1: Thank you, Maurice. Now I would like to welcome Erica. Erica, welcome back.
34: All right. Hello. Um, can you hear me? Yes, thank you. I'm gonna assume so perfect. Thank you. Um, so my name is Erica Burrell. I spoke briefly earlier. I recognize that my comment was misplaced. I apologize. Um, essentially, my point is I am a former foster youth from San Francisco County who has consistently been rampant around the Trittle Hill Projects, which has been extremely gentrified, like most communities. I have been pushed to Daly City to the East Bay briefly, to different states. And now I am back in San Francisco. Um, I am from San Francisco. I went to San Francisco Unified School District. Most of my life has been San Francisco. And I think with this clause, there is an issue for people like me who have been consistently displaced. And I think that we need to be extremely mindful. Um, I don't know if there is somebody on the committee who has the experience of coming out of San Francisco County's foster youth um, programs, who has had that direct experience with group homes, with homelessness. But I think that there should be a clause if we decide not to change it as it is written right now. because it's deserving. Uh, I had no control, just like so many other people that I've, you know, lived with and grouped with and been couch to couch with. We had no control over what was done to us. um, It's something to be mindful of, especially when we're talking about reparations, when we're talking about trying to write these wrongs, which is impossible, right? It's an impossible task um, to make sure that it is represented. I do think the committee is doing a phenomenal job, and I know that I'm late to the conversation, but every opportunity I get, I'm going to bring it back up until there is something in writing that acknowledges that there is a community of people that were in foster care that have the 13 years that may have had to leave at some point be it for college, be it homelessness, be it what have you, who have now come back and are struggling to be here. Um, And that is my central point. I am available. I am making myself available. And I appreciate your time. That's about it. Thank you. Thank you, Erica.
1: Um, Now I'd like to welcome Angelique Tompkins. Welcome, Angelique.
40: Uh, Good evening, thank you so much to everyone for all of your dedication and consistent work. Um, I'd like to offer um, insight to other work happening in the city. Um, I had public comments committed to the planning commission meeting of January 26th with respect to the San Francisco environmental justice framework and general plan introduction. As part of the reparations plan recommendations put forth by the Bayview Alliance, which uh, convened a focus group of CBO representatives and allies that were working on climate resilience and environmental justice. And these had intersections for health and wellness, safety and support of human services. They addressed California State Bill 1000 on behalf of the Bayview Hunters Point. And within the reparations plan, Um, under the health segment, specifically objective Four, actions 4.2 and 4.3, there were words and recommendations that were adopted verbatim into the reparations plan. For your benefit, it would be beneficial to cross-reference the environmental justice framework um, that uh, is placed into review right now for adoption by the Planning Commission. Within the EJ draft, it is stated that government should foster environmental justice through processes that address, mitigate, and amend past injustices while enabling proactive community-led solutions for the future. So with that, as there is reference to past injustices, it is essential that reparations context is included in the environmental justice framework. The draft references city departments, that will be responsible for implementations of the policies and priorities. However, at present, the SF Human Rights Commission is not included as a resource, although it is an essential body to ensure environmental justice accountability. The San Francisco African-American Reparations Council, of course, which has uh, released the reparations plan draft and the Bayview Alliance has contributed those recommendations that were included. So when we, rep- when we presented a narrative addressing environmental health and environmental in- within our black communities, based upon the health impacts research and science-based evidence, detailing specific harm findings and implica- implications to individuals and in aggregate. Because of this, this work should be integrated into the EJ framework with implementation responsibility to include the SF Human Rights Commission. With those thoughts, I hope that this is adopted into the reparations plan, and thank you so much for your time again.
1: Thank you. Now I'd like to welcome, um, I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name, welcome Yanad
5: Bura.
32: Good evening, beautiful people. You said it right, you said it well, thank you so much. I am Ianad Burrell, a native of San Francisco and grew up in the Bayview hunters Point area. My heart goes out to Erica and our minds were thinking alike, even though we're probably sitting in two different cities right now. Here are the two recommendations that I would like to, to offer. On page 45, under objective 11, It says, implement educational pathways to degree programs for unhoused residents and transitional age youth. I would recommend we add in our foster care youth through emancipation and add a number of years there. Just like Erica said, that is a popular, it's a group of amazing, oh, it still says three. Okay, I won't take it. (laughs) Just like Erica said, a group of outstanding, amazing, talented, resilient youth that have been impacted in ways that we don't, we cannot even imagine. For those who have not been through the similar situation or just not experienced it. So that would be my ad. The second on page 46 under health under Action 2.1. It says, create an actionable Black health plan that builds on the existing Black African-American focus area and SFDPH strategic plan to address disparities across areas of wellness, focusing on illness prevention, culturally appropriate treatment modalities, and violence prevention. I would like to add the recommendation that we identify this fund as a fully funded plan. This black health plan is a fully funded 100% plan. We may not, you may not have to say no co-pays and things of that nature at this level, but that would be the the idea. And the last is right above it. The objective number two says, address and reduce health disparities by investing in structural long-term solutions to the social determinants of health. I would recommend we add through an upstream approach. So the social determinants of health, many of us know are either considered, we look at it upstream or downstream. Looking at it upstream forces us to pay attention to the why of these disparities. So hitting the root causes is extremely important as we know those social determinants of health, are economics, our housing, our education, is environmental. So all of those, and when, when we look upstream, then it really pinpoints and enforces the hand to look at those root causes and address them at that level. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Now I'd like to welcome Kaylee Wong.
41: can you hear me
1: yes i can hear you this time thank you for co- trying again
41: okay please excuse me this is my first time uh, using zoom although my not my first time uh as an audience i i'm um, biracial my uh, my father is uh came from china but my mother is uh black and my ancestors, on my mother's side, were slaves. Um, my great grandfather was—he uh, was a prisoner of war uh, of the Battle of Vicksburg, uh, May May of 1863. And I've gone over the uh, the rules, etc. And I'm—I'd like to be—I I feel that. Uh, out of respect for my uh, my my an- ancestors, that I want to be included as as a um, as part of reparations. Um, has anybody brought that topic up as for biracial uh, eligibility? Hello, is that?
1: Hear- yeah, we in public comment. Typically, we can't go back and forth in public comment. So um, we can take your public comment and then respond to it um, later. Uh, do you yeah. have anything else to add to your public comment?
41: Well, yeah, I'm 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 uh, kind of disheartened that uh, or or I'm tr- I'm tr- I'd like to be be part of the reparations and um i have done the research and i you know can prove that my uh, ancestors uh qualify but i um, i don't see i don't see anything for people of biracial uh uh, origin and i'm i'm concerned about that i would i would like to be included i've uh, sent emails to uh Uh, Chair McDonald and uh, Vice Chair uh, Hollins. And um, I just like to, like to, don't want to, don't, I'd like to be included and I'd like to, um, you know, be part of eligibility.
1: All right. Well, thank you very much for your comment. Um, Now I'd like to welcome Angela A to participate in public, or
28: I'm sorry, yes, to participate in public comment. Thank you. Hi, thank you. I have a couple of things I wanna say. I had written this down a while ago. Let me see, I'm gonna read through some of these. I would like to see some of the criteria for getting the funds to include um, recipients taking finance courses and or money management courses so that they can have an understanding of what they can do with their money, but also an important aspect of that I think is learning how they can use the funds that they are receiving to um, help set up generational wealth. So that's one suggestion. Another one is if someone such as myself, I don't have any children, I'm not married, I don't have any dependents and I'm of a certain age. So when I die, I'm gonna have a lot of money hopefully left over. So I'm wondering if some thought could be put into setting up a system where people such as myself can um, be advised as to where they can bequeath their funds to, for example, to black nonprofits or research institutes or universities. So I'm hoping that some consideration will be given to that. Um, I also grew up in foster care. I heard a couple of people mention that. And one of the difficulties and pain around that is not knowing your family history. And I really feel it's extremely important to find out what that is. And I would like to see um, some aspect of this plan include if someone chooses to, to have free DNA testing and matching as well as free genealogy research services. My next point is, I really feel that we need to, when we are talking about education, make it about education parity. Um, And I'm not talking about just one month of Black history. It should be all year long and we should also advocate for protections against the censorship of Black history and literature. Another thing I was thinking about that may not have been discussed with your committee is that if some of our Black Black residents get this money and they decide they're going to move out of Bayview or Hunter's Point, you might find yourself in a situation where there's a lot of empty buildings and things like that. So how has thought been given into how these communities can be transformed? Perhaps setting up um, a training educational centers or technology campuses, artificial intelligence is the future. Maybe we can think about how the how communities can be um, rezoned. So thank you for your comments
1: this evening. Um, now I'd
19: like to welcome Syron Bird. Hello, hi. Yes, my name is Sirone Bird. I just had a quick comment I wanted to add or a recommendation. I had a question, but since you said you don't take questions at this point, I will not add my question. But I just wanted to add a recommendation that I feel that some of the San Francisco's uh, San Franciscans that have been displaced behind uh, some of the unfair housing uh, practices should be included uh, as well as African people of African descent, all African descent. I mean, we've all had to deal with something along along some lines if you have any kind of African-American in your blood. So I believe it should include all African-Americans as well as some of I have a lot of friends and family that have definitely been displaced out of San Francisco. And they were born and raised in this city and they should be included as well. So that's uh, all I want to add. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Now I'd like to welcome Frederick Martin. Hello? Hello, we can hear you. Can we reset the clock, please? Thank you.
42: Hi, Um. I just, I wanted to say thank you uh, to to the committee for all the hard work, I know it's been challenging, but including everyone's voices and uh, recommendations up to this point. I know I've seen some of mine in the draft and others that were similar and then people that I know that have participated. It's, it's amazing. I just I really appreciate that. So thank you for including uh, <clears throat> multiple voices and I know there's so many more to go. So I'm going to just add on to a couple of things that have already been said, but I think attached to everything that's being done in terms of community engagement and outreach in some way, and then like including more, um, uh, like sharing in teach-ins or in CBOs and centers on the draft plan, um, and I'm thinking similar to what the Black Panthers did and many other educational and uh, movement-driven Black organizations did in terms of making sure that as many people in the community are aware of the draft plan, it can be daunting to read. Um, Equally, the researching of ancestry and genealogy should be free to all Black people to find out our lineage um, as an additional plus. Um, uh, I just, someone else said that earlier, so I agree with that 100%. Housing should be extended to the unhoused, meaning go out and gather people um, through creating a new unhoused task force um, or task force that works on unhoused issues, gather people up um, and have like a decision-making space um, as to whether or not they wanna be housed uh, with support or staying unhoused, you know, or maybe in a tiny home with that same support. Uh, but I think we sh- that sh- should be added. Um, also, uh, in Alvin- Elvinston, Illinois, Robin, I went to the, they, they have a, a show called, or a movie coming out called, the, a documentary called The Big Payback. And um, they actually, this young woman was able to get, um, you know, with her team, was able to get reparations for um, the population, the Black population there uh the and what they started with, I didn't see this in the draft uh, recommendations they started with giving the funds to the elders, to the seniors uh, first. and I w- I would like for us to even go further and add the disabled um taking care of the most susceptible and at risk is really important. um and there uh so 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 that's one uh and using that uh as some sort of model uh when things are given out that's it
35: thank
1: you and i just wanted to remind folks that if you've already participated in public comment on this item you cannot participate in public comment twice per meeting uh, public meeting regulations in for the and county of san francisco if there are no other members of the public who would like to participate in public, oh, I see Lonnie Mason's hand raised. Welcome, Lonnie.
26: Yes, good evening. Um every time you, you called on somebody else, you um I had the unmute sign of every time. So that I I never hit the unmute sign, but anyway, I allowed 10 seconds to go by. Um I just want to say something to the, the committee. Uh, we appreciate your work. Hopefully, you know, I haven't been too harsh in some of the things we said, but sometimes when you sign up for something, you gotta expect to receive constructive criticism. We appreciate you taking the time out of your day, your evening, to come hear what we have to say. Um, it's very important. But but what I want to say, do not give in to the pressure of the media. But when it comes to what we're requesting, we're asking, because we're asking you guys at the advisory committee to fight for the people. That's why you're here to take in our information and to fight for us, you know, to, to, to tell it like it is and what we want. Don't sugarcoat it. Don't sugarcoat it at all. And um, another thing, these individuals do not know nothing about this community. I'm the executive director at First Generation Environmental Health and Economic Development. We just did a tour with some of the top executives of the environmental justice um, uh, 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 industry, talking about the state, CAR. Top executives from CAR, BACMED, DTSC, and, um, and the water department. And we had individuals from the community, very informative individual, Oscar James. Dr. Raymond Tompkins to talk about the community and what's going on and what's happening. You know, Carolyn, Wesley, these are individuals who grew up, who knows everything about this community and what's happening. So we have the right to request this. We have the right. And this is what people do not understand. You know, we lost many of loved ones in this community. You know, talk to about Henry Peterson, Mr. Pete, these gentlemen have been in this community for many, many years. So let's not, you know, let, you know, give up. You know, I'm not gonna be apologetic about this situation. I appreciate your time and your work. But this is what I request. There'll be three options. One, cash payment with no taxes. The other two, three, whatever. We should always next, we should start a remedy, we should start getting a list together of the people who do qualify, and that's simple. That's simple, start with the school records. I have records from elementary all the way to high school, just like my family member Jesse Mason, Oscar James, you know, uh, Henry Peterson. Let's start that list right now. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Are there any other um, members of the public who, I, Odell, oh no, hand was lowered. Are there any other members of the public who would like to, I'm seeing people's names disappear and reappear. Robert Mitchell, I do not, I believe you have not provided public testimony on this item, welcome.
33: Yes, thank you very much. Um, I appreciate everything that's been said. I think it's, uh, it's all uh, very much advisable, and uh, we should consider that. I'd like to add the idea of <coughs> excuse me, form, formulating some community centers where we can have people that are professionals and, and just community members that are passionate or interested in sharing information to the youth. So, for example, somebody's grandmother could come along and come to a community center maybe once a week and uh, show young people or, or anyone else who's interested, you know, maybe uh, how to cook certain things, how to make a certain recipe or uh, whatnot. And then if, if there's a retired school teacher and she comes along and maybe she can uh, enhance and stimulate people who are lacking in their reading abilities. And or math or something else, you know, and uh, if, if any professionals come along and want to share and stimulate young people or people that's looking for uh, some forms of work or whatnot, I think all that would serve to sort of build the community back. You know, I think that uh, with all the losses and hits that we've taken, we should take an interest, each individual take an interest to, you know, each one teach one sort of thing. So I think that might be an easy way for uh, for our communities to be rebuilt. It has nothing to do with money. It's, it's all about uh, networking and community and the idea of it takes a village to, to raise a child.
1: Thank you. Um, I do see another member of the public who's would like to participate in public comment. Liva Shepherd, welcome back.
24: Hi, yeah, I'm just, um... You know, I don't think anybody has said this, and I don't know if they're thinking it or not, and it's nothing against you personally, Kathy, but I am wondering why on an African American recreation meeting that we have the lead of someone that's not African American. And that's been something that's been sitting dear in my heart and, um, you know, I you know, I I don't know. I know you're the secretary or whatever, but it's uh it it's it's a bit disturbing to me. And it may me. Be, it me. doesn't Shepherd. bother nobody else. Shepherd. Um, but it is it is my public it is my public comment. That's all I wanna Ms. say. Shepherd.
0: Thank you for your public comment and respectfully your public comment should be directed to the draft report and not to individuals. We have one more hand for public, for public comment, and then we will be moving on to the next item. Reverend Tony Pierce. Reverend Pierce, are you there?
10: Okay, can you hear me now? We can hear you. Thank you so much. Again, I really support your efforts and the mayor, London Bree, and the supervisors that are behind this. Um, I suggested in what I wrote to you, and I'd like my comments uh, by the chair, recognizing the chair and the vice chair, I'd like my comments for the entered into the record and what I sent you into the record. And there were two things. Um, how many restrictions are you recommending placing on San Francisco uh, citizens and uh, to be recipients of the re, uh, reparations? And, you know, what are these, again, I caution you against too many of those restrictions. And uh, again, when is the board you thinking going to vote on this? And uh, I could comment a lot more on more that needs to be done about housing, education, business, millions of dollars, health, death, and loss of life, politics, leadership, we've lost, assassinations, and generational wealth, except, which is separate from line item, wealth losses, CPOs and churches, need to be included along with these great people you have on the call here. I mean, we've had churches burned that have never been rebuilt. And at the end of slavery, even in San Francisco, we've had this. And at the end of slavery, uh, we were the ones who helped our people get on our feet. We lent money, we do everything still today. So we need to include more. You know, please, everyone, thank you. We have such great callers on this call, such great people. Everybody, continue what you're doing. Give us a call, Black Wall Street, 424-274-2049. Black Wall Street, 424-274-2049. I have a lot more, but I yield my time. And God bless and keep up your good work.
1: Thank you, Reverend Pierce. Now I'd like
35: to welcome Leontine Collins. Welcome. Yes, i like to rec- recommend that you do um, put Dream Keeper's plan forward because Dream Keeper has made it um, possible for these last two years. And they have been doing some very good work, even with some of the um, families that I have been working with in the tender line. Um, and even for myself, my my daughter who's in school right now, they have helped a, a whole lot. And i you know, and I wouldn't know what I would have did without Dream Keepers. You know, my daughter's in college and stuff. You know, and now you know I'm a single parent. You know, so um, also I like to like you know mention to everybody. I did I didn't I just realized how to keep my hand up because this is different from when you run in a Zoom meeting yourself. So I just would like to well, everybody that's on this call, make, make it a holiday for March 14th. Bring your kids, bring your families. Everybody, we need to show up in packs. We make, we need to make it a national holiday that we out here really trying to get, you know, we want reparations. I know I do. I've been wanting reparations for my chi- for my children, for my parents. I never, you know, because my, my mother told me about a move with uh, a mule in an acre of land or something like that. I was like, well, where is that? You know, so um, I just feel that, you know, we all need to spread the word. We all need to be there on March 14th, you know, because if we don't show up, it's just another thing that they don't look at us like, oh, they don't really want this. But well, we gotta make it happen. We need to bring our kids. We need to bring our family members. We need to tell people that don't stay in this city no more to come and, and march and let's get out there. And then we can start. And then you should have some information. So we can give to the people when they come to the meeting where we can have these meetings and stuff. But we can keep this going. going. Because if, if we just if we lose this, it would just go away. Just like a lot of other stuff go away when we have these killings and stuff in our neighborhood. And we meet and people don't show up no more after a couple of weeks and stuff. So we need to keep this going and we need to start learning how to show up for those things too, as a community. We all need to start get at the point and just just do this work. Why we can do it? Because if we can't do it no more, I don't know what's going to happen. But I do know one thing: I'm going to make sure minds get it an education. Thank you, Tina. Now I'd like to welcome
1: Sammy Broadnax.
43: Can you hear me? Yes, I can, Sammy. Yes. I've been listening and listening and listening. I haven't heard too many people talking about the elders. You wouldn't be where you are right today if it wasn't for the elders. I don't think you all put enough out there for the elderly people. Of course, I know I probably won't be around, but that's where everything starts. Then it Melted down to your children but don't ever forget that we elderly people though a lot of us most of them are like me they are not well but and look at it in a positive way because look we know the struggles we've been through the struggle so therefore if you want some history then get it from your elderly they know more about, they're not, they don't have to go in a book. See, most people think you have to have a book, but if you got a brain and a mind is an important thing. I'm not a scholar, but I know what the Black African Americans went through, and what they are still going through. And you will be going through this for who knows? From now on, maybe. But listen to some other people, talk to them, so you can get more and more information to put out. And that way, I think you can really, really, and I really appreciate just being on here to speak with you all. And I think you all have done the most a wonderful job. I mean, a great job because, hey, 40 mules, uh, the 40 acres of land and two mules so far away. But at least you all are putting that effort out there. And don't give up. I don't care what you do. Don't ever, don't ever give up. Just reach for the sky. I mean, you know, you're going to have people going to say, you can't do this. You can't do that. You can do anything. All you all have to do. Black people get together, stay together, fight for what you want, because you're not going to get anything if you don't stick together. That's all I have to say.
1: Thank you, Mr. Rodnex. Are there any other members of the public who would like to participate in public comment on um additional reparations recommendations okay i do not see any other members of the public indicating they want to participate in public comment at this time mcdonald and vice chair Hollins.
0: thank you madam secretary um, we would like to close public comment at this time we'll transition to discussion for the committee um, before we do that, I just want to thank all the members of the public for their comments and recommendations and for their commitment as we are headed toward the third hour of this meeting. It's not lost on us that everyone has had a long day and um, how passionate our people are about making sure that we cover all the bases. So, I want to thank you for that. We'll entertain a discussion before we take a motion to update the draft report to so include some recommendations. First hand, I see is Member Tiffany Carter.
30: Hi everyone, um, I have some recommendations, amendments that I wanna discuss. Um, the first one, um, although I 100% agree and commend our committee with a $5 million lump sum payment, which I believe we are worth more, I challenge our committee to rethink that amount into to achievable amount to get this done for our community. Um, I also would like to revisit the eligibility requirements as far as the public school attendance to include all schools in San Francisco. Many Black parents um, because of the disinvestment in in um public schools in the Black communities was forced to send their kids to public schools, I mean to private schools, which created a further wealth gap and isolated our black kids in these classrooms. I think um, all the institutions in San Francisco's, from, from schools to banks to labor unions have had a track record of systematic um, racism. And then lastly, um, I wanna have immediate ask for our board of supervisors. Um, and I would request immediate um, reparations for the Fillmore Heritage. Heritage Center to be returned back to community. I think that is low bearing fruit and we should be able to get this done now. It should not come up in another one of our meetings. We've been going through this for two years now and we demand, I demand um, that it be returned to community. That should be one of our first reparations to get done. Um, Let's see. And then just another one as far as small business, you know, the mayor just did the state of the city. I would like more incentives um, for tax incentives to be to go towards black businesses with gross sales over $2 million to be incentivized to come to San Francisco and open up businesses in the black communities and be anchors in our community. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Member Carter. Member
30: Eckenham.
8: Thank you very much. I also want to just commend you, uh, Vice Chair Hollins, uh, tonight for um, such an amazing job in in leading our meeting and discussion today. Um, I think for me, I, I do have a, a few comments. I think number one, when it comes to eligibility, we have, um, you have to have sort of two, uh, two things and then we choose from a list of eight. Um, I would actually like it to be three things: the two that are already there, and then the one being you have to have lived in San Francisco for a certain amount of time, maybe it's thirteen years. And then I think, and this might be like we bring it to a subcommittee, and then it comes back. We need to figure out whether that's all in a row. You know, is it thirteen years in the last twenty? Um, but there has to be, a, I think, a deep, rich connection with San Francisco and actually living here um as a must um, for for um the top three of the three things that you have to have um when it comes to our neighborhoods uh and this is potentially an economic empowerment or or maybe it, it's in member D- uh, Landry's um side of the house but I would actually like to take a look at making our black neighborhoods uh historic districts on either city county and sort of national registries because that also opens us up to uh, a number of resources that that we don't ordinarily have um I'd also like to take a in in also making uh some our spaces landmarks within that okay um I'd also like us to sort of take a look at our neighborhoods um and making them our traditionally black neighborhoods and making them historic districts, but also taking a look at places like Treasure Island, where in my opinion, that's modern day redlining happening right in front of us. Right, and we need to elevate that because a majority of the people who live there are black and brown. And they deserve the attention that I think reparations um, gives them as well as everyone else in, in other committees, uh, sorry, uh, communities throughout San Francisco. So those are are just a few. Um, And and again, I think these are some that I want to sort of voice here. I don't know if we're going to vote on these, but, you know, definitely willing to take them back to economic empowerment subcommittee, and then uh, bring them back here as we have uh, more discussion. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Member Ekonom. Member Taylor.
44: Thank you. Uh, Vice Chair, I have a, a quick question to to, to the Chair, uh, McDonald, or or to Vice Chair, um, and it's a simple question. Before I proceed, and if if it's, it's will we have until we we will have until when to make res- uh, revisions and modifications? When will we have
2: uh, how much? Time? Final report is due to the city June. in June. Final report is due so, to the city. So we don't have to do it all tonight, June. right? We,
44: we can we can continue to make these contributions through June. Because I feel a sense of urgency to get stuff in, but we can't do it all tonight. And so if you're saying we have plenty of time or an ample time over the next four months to do that, then, I, then, I'm, then I'll defer for the rest. I'll hold through,
2: off. Through, through vice Holland. Through vice I'll hold off. To everyone,
44: I'll hold off.
2: Sure. Thank you so much. So um, we will likely go through several, I'm going to call them rounds, or series of these kinds of discussions. Here, um, a set of recommendations, both from community and from members we will compile them we'll bring them back um for more deliberation and then vote and so again we'll do that likely in some format uh, for the next several meetings that we have before um june's submission we will need to give time just to be clear for then a compo- you know the compiling of the final report so um we can do it in june um because we will we will need that time for compiling so yes we will we do not need to to, to decide tonight, so we won't take any action tonight.
44: Thank you. Um, just, just real quickly, I'll take like ten seconds, and I, I think after hearing tonight's discussion, we might consider uh, c- creating a subcommittee for a board strategy. Um, you know, how do we approach the? Is it eleven member board uh, in the city? How do we approach? Like, we need to figure out the votes before we go in the room. Uh, who who stands where? Do we know yet? Right now, roughly where the votes would stand, and if we have four people on our side, how do we work on those other middling people to get it to a majority? So we need a board strategy, and I'm wondering if we have that. Secondly, in the report, I, I'd love to see an elaboration on SFPD. Uh, there's no discussion of SFPD at all. Zero, not one word, and that's impossible, given its history um even up to us up, up to brother you know to alice nieto and and uh and, and other cases you know mario woods for example uh and you know going back to the the zebra killings where they targeted black men throughout the city in 72 and 73 to errol sanders up to chief scott uh, you know I, I know there might be some political uh delicacies but we can't ignore sfpd in in our in this report because part of what we have tried to do from the beginning is parse out an understanding of reparations that looks at slavery, which is less our direct concern in California, Jim Crow era discrimination and housing, et cetera, which is, and then war on drugs. And I think this report needs to come up into the 20th century, because that's what Ta-Nehisi Coates did, which this report opens up with, is he takes the conversation and modernizes it beyond, not beyond, but extending, extending you know, from slavery. And so I think we need to have, um, emphasize more of the war on drugs, injury and harm as a part of our demand for reparations in San Francisco specifically because Oakland and San Francisco, you all know better than me, were ground zero for that that and that was a federal government injury. And we're not worried about white people here. We're worried about what the government has done. So even the sister that asked the question about why the moderator is white—that's irrelevant to what we're doing here. The government is what did this injury to us. Not you know we can focus on white individuals, but it's more about to me what the American state and what California state and, Al- and San Francisco County and Los Angeles County did to our people directly through laws and negligence. So uh, you know again, board of supervisor strategy. To SFPD recognition in the report, which extends the report into more of a coverage of the war on drugs, and uh, lastly, it was um, remember the offices of justice. For example, in SFPD, uh, there was a whole black movement within SFPD uh, in the in the '60s, late '60s, around black power, where uh, 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 Lieutenant Captain Williams and others uh form the offices of for justice in SFPD because of the experiences of black officers within SFPD so those are my sort of superficial uh, uh, assessments. But also to think about when we talk about the war on drugs, the school of prison pipeline in the report in I think section four and section nine that's where I think we can add you know SFPD. The war on drugs injury, but we need to get the war on drugs. It's in there, but we need to, you know. I would like to see that elaborated as its own injury, as a major injury, like Jim Crow discrimination was and slavery was. So, so, uh, brother McDaniel, I said way more than I than I planned to say. Sorry.
0: <laughs> that was the longest ten seconds ever, Member Taylor. I, I,
16: I used to I used to adapt <laughs> preach preacher when I was a teenager. Sorry.
0: I feel it in your spirit. Thank you, though. Everything. Thank you for
36: everything that you shared, Member Williams. So I have three recommendations that we can add on to our current recommendations. Um, one of them is that in education objective five, in point um point one and point four, we can also include career exploration for um, high school students because a lot of high school students go through high school not knowing what to do um, for for when they get into adulthood. Because like I know that I like change what I want to do like probably like ten times. It's So I finally came to a final decision. So with career exploration, I think especially like teaching what are these careers are, what do you feel like your skills apply to into a specific career would be good for high school students. Another one is in 10.4, where it includes mental health resources and wellness practices included. Um, I feel like it should also include free mental health um, disorders, um, testings because a lot of students go through schooling and not knowing that they have a mental health disorder and which affects their, um, affects their learning. So I believe like having that and also like assigning them a case manager would kind of help them go through the school system way, um, way, um, easier because we see that children with mental health disorders are most likely to get like suspended or, um, disciplined because, of something that they can't control um also my final uh recommendation is with the health on action 5.2 is where like they include free mental health and treatment to all black san franciscans also want to be free mental health disorders training because a lot of people Again, doesn't know that they might have a disorder, especially with a lot of trauma that we went, people went through during their childhood or even through their adulthood. And also like physical health disorders, like cancer screenings and stuff like that. But yeah, that's all. Thank you, Member Williams.
20: Member Cunningham? Thank you. I'm going to give my two cents and then I'm going to head off as past my stay. So I thank y'all who stayed all the way to the end. Um, I don't know about y'all, but Biden did not call me and ask me if I was okay with him sending billions of dollars over to Ukraine. They just did what they wanted. So there's money out there. So my, what I want to offer tonight is that when we are at the board of supervisors, that we really push meeting on March 14th, that we push for the mayor and or the board to do an executive order. And thank you, Brittany, for giving me this information because I asked her, is it possible that this is an executive order for reparations and not something to be brought to the people of San Francisco to vote on? The people in San Francisco and across this country do not want Black people to have anything, period. So bringing this to the people of San Francisco is not a good idea. We need to stress that this needs to be an executive order or some type of decision that they make into law, so that it can't be uh, uh, vote unvoted against. Excuse me. And then the next thing <clears throat> is. There's a bag cost, right? When you go to the store, it used to be five cents. It's 25 cents, right? No one asked us about that. We just pay it or we buy a bag and we use, reuse it. Gas prices went up. Egg prices went up. Marijuana taxes are here. They're, I would like for us to think about ways of telling the board how they can get this money not just the 5 million dollars but also the money that needs to go into the mental health that we want into the schools go into a K through 8 school that we want to build where is this money coming from i my position is we it needs to come from people without you having a choice right so when you think about adding possibly five cents or 10 cents per watt to PG&E. We all use pg and I got my cover on right now because my bill is $303 and I don't have no heat on right now. But, or like to the garbage bill, um, figure out ways that this money is going to come through that no matter what you do, you're going to be paying it because leaving it as an option to ask anybody who's not African-American, should San Francisco... California or this country give anything to us, the answer is going to be no. So that's my two cents. So we can think about that individually. Those who are on the call, um, who are who are community members, think about that too. Again, it's not just the five million. We're talking having black teachers, having housings for black teachers, right? All of that is going to cost money. There are people who are arguing about having tiny houses for homeless. And the in the neighborhood people are shut is shutting that down. And there are people who were homeless on the street. So I mean, if they don't give two cents about the homeless, you know, they don't get two cents about us. So that's my two cents. I thank y'all. I'm heading off. Have a good night.
21: Appreciate you.
0: Thank you. Member Cunningham. Member Landry.
21: Yes. Uh, well, for, for recommendations, I think, and I would encourage all the subcommittee uh, leads to uh, do a deep dive in terms of, uh, the foster care with the sister Erica had mentioned during public comment as well as uh, black contractors or black developers which is something that we definitely should address in this being, you know, of course the week that uh, we laid to rest Charlie Walker. We know the significance of being a black contractor and developer in San Francisco. But uh, Do- Dr. Taylor's mention about the SFPD which I think is also I wanna just uh, beef back off that in a way that, look, the we know the SFPD, it was a DOJ report of 211 recommendations uh, given to this SFPD. Literally, it's been almost 12 years. And I, I mean, if they have finished half of it, I would be surprised. So there's a lot in that that we need to unpack with the horror and the harms of SFPD. And I'm going to speak up more about that just on my personal experiences with a knee on my neck from police officers in this city when I was a teenager. And I know if being a Black male growing up here, this is something that, uh, you know, the stories that you will hear even among our people coming before the Board of Supervisors will be endless. Another thing I want to just briefly mentioned is about the Fillmore Heritage Center. And it was excellent how it was it was placed in the report about community benefits. But what what I will do as the policy subcommittee leaders, we're going to go back and get even more detailed on what really is uh, been promised to us in terms of community benefits and what has sunset in terms of dates and what still needs to be extended. Because I think that kind of answers a lot of the questions, even the public, and even some of us may have in terms of the Field Moheritage Center and um, even others like even now the the African uh, American Cultural Complex, Ella Hill Hutch, all these different uh, projects was under redevelopment area. So I think we should be more specific and in-depth to answering in that, I mean, or putting in that draft that we want this city to take a bold step. And I will say, lastly, that I had mentioned earlier, and the reason why I brought up president Joe Biden, not getting caught up in the back and forth between us, because we just hashing things out at this level. But when I say we got big, bigger fish to fry. Literally, we have politicians, lifetime politicians, that's Democrats, and we still can't get any movement in Washington, D.C. So I'm I'm hoping that this uh, report, you know, also motivate like it already has. And I'm not against the $5 million because we have got attention they wasn't paying attention to us before they heard the $5 million. So it has done some good. And even Washington, D.C., what I've read from Dr. Daniels, they are using the motivation of our body here in San Francisco to argue for reparations on a national level. So don't beat up on yourself about where we are today at San Francisco Task Force with the jurisdiction here in San Francisco. It has, it has played a major role. And we can't really say that the board, of, so we don't know if they're going to say yes or no. There's three parts, as everyone know, here with the mandate, they can reject it, accept it or access to amend it. So let's give the supervisors a chance to do the right thing. And I'll end on that note by saying that I believe that the draft What between now and June, we should just do more of a deep dive as individual subcommittee and really, really get into the details so, we can present the right plan uh, in June. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Member Landry. There are no other members of the committee. Oh, Chair McDonald. Is it you?
2: Thank you, Vice Chair Hollins. I'd like to have my 10 seconds. Um, I just want to thank everyone for lifting up those things that you have. What I would ask each of you to do some additional thinking about is some of your um, recommendations were directionally all directionally good some very general though so if you could give some additional thought to and then bring that forward what most substantively that can look like that would be very helpful um so that we don't have to try and do that in room together by committee so if i could ask everyone to do that one recommendation i would also just add briefly is That, we, that the Board of Supervisors stand up an entity, a body, um, that holds a role for accountability, um, post the sunset of this committee. This committee is scheduled to sunset, um, in January of 2024. It's, it can be very easy for the period of 2024 following to get silent and silence lead to then inaction. Um, uh, so anyway, uh, we can talk more about that. Uh, when we come to it thank you madam chair thank you
0: Chair mcdonald there are no further uh comments from the committee um before i transition us uh, public comment is closed but there is one member of the public um due to i guess a technical error who was not able to comment so we will entertain the comment from uh mr odell if he is still here if he's not here um then we can follow up with him individually and, and ask him to submit his recommendations by email uh, madam secretary do you not see him i don't see him okay great all right um just again want to give a lot of thanks um for the folks who are still hanging on members of the public and our panelists um for this conversation thank you for all of the recommendations, suggestions, and considerations. Um, Just to give some guidance um, for what could come next as Chair McDonald already mentioned um, that this report will be finalized in June of 2023. Um, That gives us some time, but we need to, uh, by May, have had all the recommendations in, confirmed, committed. We've already heard a lot here today, and then there are lots of points of consideration for us over the next couple of weeks. So the recommendation is that we compile um, all of what we've heard today in terms of recommendations that we will then distribute that to the members of the committee for consideration so we have some time to digest them uh, and discuss them and then come back uh, in March for a discussion and a vote on some of the areas we want to include or amend and we may do this at least one more time uh, as we're preparing for the final version of the report. And for the members of the community that made suggestions um, that we use the community listening sessions to actually review recommendations and have conversation about that, I think that was an excellent suggestion as well. Um, so I'm going to offer that because we uh, would need to uh, entertain a vote on this. That we compile all uh, the recommendations that we've heard here today, distribute them to the members of the committee, review, and then discuss in March. i move. Thank you, Chair McDonald. Is there a second? I second. Thank you, Member Carter. Um, Secretary, Madam Secretary, I think we know the roll call vote for this. Um, yes,
1: just one moment. I'll um, ask, I'll announce members' names and they um, they will affirm if they support putting these recommendations together in the list and then um, reviewing them and bringing them back during the uh, March 13, 2023 meeting. Um, Jane La- James Lance Taylor. Yes. Tanisha Hollins. Yes. Eric McDonald. Yes. Reverend Dr. Amos Brown. Rico Hamilton. Yes. Nicole Cunningham. Gloria Berry. Aye. Daniel Landry. Yes. Tiffany Carter. Yes. Wendell round. Yes. Anita Ekenem. Yes. Star Williams. Yes. Shekane Low kane Leticia Irving. Yes. Okay, the motion carries. So we will bring the list back for review and um, affirmation uh, during the March 13, 2023 meeting.
0: Thank you. Madam Secretary, can you please call the next item on the agenda?
1: Item number seven is adoption of the January 9, 2023 meeting recording and transcription. This is a discussion and possible action item, the review and anticipated adoption of video recording and transcription of um, last month's meeting. There will be public comment on this item.
0: Thank you, Madam Secretary. So the transcription, and the video from our January 9th, 2023 meeting is available on our uh, African-American reparations advisory committee, sfgov.org webpage. You can review there. We will open for public comment on this item. Um, if, you, if members of the public have uh, any comment on our um, transcription and video from January 9th, uh, public comment will be three minutes. If there are any members of the public that like to comment, please raise your hand
27: icon now.
1: I don't see any members of the public um, who would like to participate in public comment on this item.
0: Thank you, Madam Chair. Seeing none, we will close public testimony on this item. Colleagues, can we entertain a move? Moment?
2: adoption. Move adoption of the January 9th, 2023 meeting recording and transcription.
0: Thank you, Chair McDonald. Is there a second? I second. Thank you, Member Barry. Any objections? All right. Unanimous. It's been approved. Thank you so much. Secretary, please call the next item item number eight is adjournment all right y'all it has been a marathon (laughs) um but what a what an honor to spend this time in community and to hear um all the brilliance that we have for what we want to achieve for our people before we close out the meeting i do see a hand from member
38: mary
6: yes thank you vice chair um i move to close this meeting in honor of The Nashville students on this day in 1960 that launched a sit-in demonstrations to demand an end to racial segregation at lunch counters and faced violence and jail time.
0: Thank you, Member Berry. We will hold them uh, in our thoughts and and honor them in our closing. Um, Before we do that, I wanna thank all the members of the public, members of the committee, HRC staff, everyone who has supported us uh, for this Reparations Advisory Committee meeting. Our next scheduled meeting is March thirteenth, twenty twenty three, five thirty p.m. This will be our first in-person meeting. Looking forward to seeing you all. Is there a motion to adjourn today's meeting?
6: I just moved
2: to oh, move. adjourn. Right, so I second. I can. What
0: a lot of movements and seconds and thirds. Thank you all so much. Have a great evening. Happy Black History Month. See you all in March at our next meeting and call for the rally and committee of all meeting. Have a blessed night.
2: Thank you, Vice Chair Howard.
0: Thank you.